0: Love Talk Radio You wanna see my girl, I ain't that dumb. You wanna see my girl? Check maxim, man. Why does every black actor got a sum I don't know, all I know is I'm the best one. It's a bonfire, turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you muff, cause talk about. It's a bonfire, turn the lights out. I'm burning everything you muff, cause talk you know these rapper talk, talk, start killing. like an arch
1: Broadcast from- live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special July 20th episode of the high-stakes fantasy football hour presented by myffpc.com live from the Gatorade studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Hyundai. Given all of the international awards it's received, perhaps winning is everything for the 2015 Hyundai Sonata. For more information, check out Hyundai.com OneDrive and you'll get it with the 2015 Sonata from Hyundai, the official automotive sponsor of the NFL. Greetings and salutations once again to all the Balkaholics and addicts hanging out in the chat room listening around the world. I'm your slightly above average host Eric Balkman. My co-host is of course the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight we have the second of six special episodes for you. It's the Pros versus Joes, the Wizinator, league number two uh, draft tonight, we'll be covering it for you for two hours. If you want to follow along with the live draft board, there is a live stream up at youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. Uh, watch the draft board there. Listen to us. We're going to have some guests calling in tonight. Some of the drafters are, are going to give us a call, talk about their picks, talk about their uh, strategy, maybe make a pick or two on the air. Uh, and of course, uh, last year's runner up and uh, the top finishing Joe, from 2014 rob vieira is actually going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour and he'll hang out until 10 o'clock eastern time we'll get his analysis the other thing too that rob does is he does a lot of ffpc online satellite leagues uh, draft experts format so he's well versed in in how these drafts go so he'll offer another viewpoint which we will be very lucky to have Shout out to the chat room right now. we got a ton of people in there uh, checking things out. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, we are at Hour at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. We're on Facebook as well as the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. And if you want to give us a call tonight, 347-426-3682. 4, 4, That's 347-game-over. Our producer is your mutual friend, our mutual friend, Rob. And of course, our audio engineer, Bryce, will be getting all the emails that you send to highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com to us uh, tonight if we get a chance to read them. Last night, we got like, I don't know, like a dozen, and we didn't get a chance to read any on the air. So that was unfortunate. But uh, what would you rather have? Us answering one guy's email or watching some of the best players in the world draft live. That's what it's all about. Uh, Before we get started, I want to remind everybody to square your balance for your early draft slot. Tonight, you have essentially, what is it, six hours to go before that that, uh, expires. Go to myffpc.com. If you put your deposit down on your main event team, if you pay your balance tonight, A week from yesterday, you will have your draft slot for uh, live uh, or online main event uh, at Caesars Palace this year for $300,000. If you want to add another team, remember, instead of $1,750, you're only paying $1,500 for that right now. What if
2: someone hasn't joined you, Paul?
1: And if you want to join, go to myffpc.com, open an account, and uh, you'll be able to register for whatever of the six main event draft slots that we have available live or online. I recommend live but that's my that's me uh check that out at my dave i've been talking for a long time would you like to introduce tonight's competitors as we head into league number two
2: sure thing bulky uh we are starting with the joe robert finkel in the one spot Nelson souza from scout pro oh i'm not going to get the twitter handles that would be more your you thing. don't have, yeah you
1: don't have to give the twitter he's, handles.
2: he's a pro at number two doug moe is a joe at number three Mike Clay from Pro Football Focus is a pro for number four. Keith Douglas drafting out of the five hole is a Joe. And Andre Bisset from Rotoviz is drafting at number six. Stephen Lee at number seven is a Joe. Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys, returning league champ, is drafting out of the eight hole. Um, Albert Chapman is number nine. He's a Joe. Rich Rebar. Rebar, the fake football, uh, is number ten. Derek Fesich. <laughs> Darren fesage is uh, at number 11, and David Dory <laughs> from the the hud- H- huddle. Huddle. The huddle. Uh, the huddle. Ah, shoo, shoo. So Darren,
1: if, if we butchered your name, uh, I apologize. Call in and tell us all about it. So we had a very fun time last night, Dave. Of course, broadcasting special. Did we? Yeah, I had a great time. You didn't have a great time? Yeah, it was all right. S- special broadcast. We normally broadcast 10, 9 central on Friday nights year-round. We always have Uh, different high stakes player come on every week. So definitely, if this is the first time you're listening, hey, thanks a lot. And we'll try not to screw this up too badly. Let's go through the first round as we are already through it, Dave. Uh, Kicking things off from the uh, one position was Rob Gronkowski going to Robert Finkel. Adrian Peterson to scout pros Nelson Sousa as the first running back off the board at the 102. Jamal Charles to Doug Moe at the 103. Le'Veon Bell to Mike Clay at the 104. His teammate... Antonio Brown, last night's 101 pick, falls to the 105 to Keith Douglas tonight. Uh, A.J. Bissett takes uh, Odell Beckham uh, at the 6th pick, is the second receiver off the board. Eddie Lacy goes to uh, Stephen Lee uh, at the 107. Marshawn Lynch to Sigmund Bloom at the 108. Demarius Thomas, the third receiver off the board, goes to Albert Chapman. And rounding things off uh, in the first round, Arian Foster to Rich Rebar. This isn't a tent uh, yeah, I know I'm finishing up the oh, you said rounding things off. Yeah, rounding things off. Arian Foster,
2: That's kind of like going into
1: the stretch, does going into the stretch of the end of the first <laughs> round. Rich Rebar takes uh Arian Foster, Des Bryant to Darren Fessage, and David Dory finishes it off with CJ Anderson. No real surprises there, Dave. I thought we might see Jimmy Graham sneak into the second round tonight. Uh, but or excuse me, sneak into the first round tonight. He does not. It's still one tight end. We saw seven running backs go in the first round last night. We see seven running backs go again in this. I, you know, as much as I like to say, everything's still all over the place in the first round from, you know, our football guys drafts that we do our online satellites that we draft as much as I say, it's still all over the place. It's still by and large like the same ten or eleven guys, and then you know pepper in a wild card as the twelfth guy in the first round. That's what I've been seeing so far this year, and I got to think that not a whole lot is probably going to change as we get closer to live drafts in Vegas.
2: Yeah, you're right. uh, The guys get mixed up a little bit, and then you have the guys that you know always trend closer to the top. Obviously, AP and Gronk, but like Antonio Brown and Beckham are usually closer to the top. And guys like Foster are closer to the end of the first round. Dez closer to the end of the first round. But you're right, it is kind of the same guys. I
1: I'm, I'm a little surprised to see Julio Jones uh, slip to the second round tonight. I think that's a guy. If we're going to talk receivers, I think he's the type of guy who, when we get to late August, early September, might end up being the number one receiver off boards. What over? Yes, over Dez, over Odell Beckham. There's or
2: Antonio Brown.
1: Over? Well, maybe not Antonio Brown. Okay, so the number two. You know, Antonio Brown is going go first. I'd like right?
2: to disagree. That, you you know, don't think Julio don't, would leapfrog those guys? Is, I don't think so. I like him a lot. But, I mean, I don't think that he necessarily will amongst the consensus.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I just have this feeling that there's this groundswell of Julio Jones picking up with the new offense there. The fact that he's going to be targeted a ton as the number one guy there. You have an aging Roddy White. You have the rookie from East Carolina who's, you know, going to be in the slot or Leonard Hankerson. You Super know, easy schedule. Super easy schedule. A lot of shootouts in that division no one as well. Plays defense, no one plays defense. It's kind of saying
2: the same thing as a super easy schedule. Well, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I mean, still, I, I think that Julio Jones to me is, is going to be a bona fide first round pick, uh, you know, in the next month or so. Moving on to the second round, uh, David Dory takes Matt Forte to pair with CJ Anderson. So he starts running back, running back, the exact opposite start that Darren Fesich does. As He goes wide receiver, wide receiver in Dez and Julio. Second consecutive night. Seeing the same team get Des and Julio. Calvin Johnson, the 203 to Rich Rebar. DeMarco Murray falls to the 204. And then we have Jordy Nelson, Shady McCoy, Jeremy Hill, uh, AJ Green, and Randall Cobb all go off the board. And now we are up to the 210 pick uh, with Doug Moe on the clock. You look at these starts here, Dave, and I... You know, we haven't, have we talked a whole lot about LaShawn McCoy? I feel like we haven't Be- lot, because he's on, you know, one of the, the so-called bottom 11 offenses that we have, but we just, they're taboo to us. I'm a little scared at his production with a new coach, with the lack of a real good quarterback. I feel like this was the two biggest things that I remember from CJ Spiller's downfall in 2013 remember he had the massive 2012 I was all over him in 2013 and then he was a massive bust and we had a Jackson
2: did so well and he wasn't used very much. Right. Was that the year that he had that high ankle sprain or was that the following year?
1: Yeah. I think he was battling that. I
2: keep keep forgetting all the Spiller's little,
1: right. Little Spiller woes. Hashtag Spiller woes. Excuses. Yeah. Um, but I remember having a lot of high stakes guests on the show that, and, and I, one of the questions that I asked a bunch of them is, you know, why did you stay away from Spiller? And the top two, um responses new coach slash new offense and number two lack of a decent quarterback Mm -hmm. and I feel like what do we have in Buffalo this year new coach new offense lack of a decent quarterback now granted you could make the case that shady is more of a pedigreed guy than spiller which I wouldn't necessarily disagree with um but I think that there's a lot of similarities there and and that's why I'm staying away from McCoy uh in 2015 even though I feel like he's going to get all he can handle in Buffalo
2: yeah they're going to give him a ton of action they paid a lot for him uh, I, but your points are valid. I mean, so I, I think that's why he goes in the mid-second round versus the mid-first round. If he was on a good team, he'd be going in the mid-first.
1: The quarterback, Cherry, is popped at 210 with Doug Moe taking Andrew Luck. Jimmy Graham sneaks into the second round at the 211, and T.Y. Hilton for the second straight night goes at the 212. So we I have two rounds in the books, and we are four picks into the third round. A couple of interesting, uh, interesting selections here. Alshon Jeffrey goes to Robert Finkel and then Travis Kelsey. Remember we saw him go in the mid-fourth last night, Dave. Yeah, a big he,
2: value pick.
1: Right. He goes at the 302 tonight to Nelson Sousa. Nelson Sousa doing the same thing as Joe Stutzman did in last night's draft, uh, taking a tight end in both round two and round three. He goes with Graham and Kelsey uh, this draft, and we'll have to see, you know, again, I always like to see how you fill in the cracks with running backs and receivers when you go with those two tight ends early, but I'm certainly not going to argue with Travis Kelsey at the three Oh two. I, I think Kelsey anywhere in the third round is a very good pick in this format this year.
2: And he definitely wasn't getting Kelsey coming back at the 411. So if he wanted him, he had to take him there. Uh, Nelson usually drafts pretty well. So I'm, I'm feeling like he's going to do all right with that strategy though. I, I feel like his four and fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh round picks. He'll do just fine.
1: Justin force at the three Oh three pick. We saw last night, Jake Seeley, Uh, From the Fantasy Sports Network, take him in the mid-second. He falls to the 303, followed by Mike Evans and Melvin Gordon. Kind of an interesting selection there, Dave, as Melvin Gordon goes at the 305. What I'm seeing in these drafts is, you know, and and maybe it is the fact that this is a best ball format, um, that 28 rounds, set it and forget it, can't make any roster modifications. Running backs are really going much earlier than what I've seen in the redraft leagues at the FFPC so far
2: this season. Really, that's true.
1: Yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm I'm t- saying, I can't I'm, tell if you're like
2: sorry, like you make I could did we, did we just meet tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's why I was. I was like, I couldn't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. But no, that that's I mean, you would know more than me, You've seen right? These and, and I feel like the receivers are slipping a little bit more again with the format. Remember what's at stake here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, for these 12 players tonight, one of these players is going to win this league, and they are going to get a 2016 FFPC main event team. That's an $1,825 value. Uh, we had we awarded six of them to the six league champs last year, including Sigmund Bloom, who is uh, the only returning champ we have in this draft from 2014 tonight. And he just made a selection, tanking Frank Gore in the third round. Marshawn Lynch, Jordy Nelson, Frank Gore. Kind of an older squad, but a very proven and experienced squad there as well as he starts off with those three players. If I was in a redraft or, you know, whatever, as long as it wasn't Dynasty, I'd be pretty happy with those first three picks.
2: Sure. Yeah, why not? I mean, the one thing I'm noticing right away, this draft versus the draft last night, these guys seem like they're actually drafting balanced teams early on. Instead of a lot of, you know, last night it was like receiver, 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 or running back, running back, running back. It seems like these guys are building them more like how I would, where I would, I'm just not as inclined to take like three or four straight backs or three straight wide receivers. I like having some balance on my team.
1: Sports betting man chiming in in the chat room. So true. Dave has very little voice inflection when he is joking versus serious.
2: Yeah, well, We're here in person. You can see my face. Too. I can't
1: tell. I can't tell.
2: Well, that's good.
1: You got you get a great poker face. That's why I normally lose to you. The one uh, pick I wanted to talk about that just went off the board uh, is DeAndre Hopkins, Dave. He goes at the 306 uh, to uh, A.J. Bissett from roto Uh, You are a big fan of Hopkins. I'm less so this year. Talk a little bit about why you think Hopkins makes for a great pick in the mid third round.
2: Well, Hopkins yesterday went in the fourth round actually, which was fantastic. I mean, even then, yeah, I thought I was really impressed with that. Oh, you know, he's going to get a ton of targets. Uh, He's really the only guy on that offense. He he's now entering his third year. He broke out his second year. I I really just, I think he's talented, you know, six two two fifteen, So he's definitely big enough to, to be, to play big. He actually played bigger than Andre Johnson has ever played in his career as a second year player. So, um, you know, he's on the upswing. He's still a young, talented player. So there you go. That's why.
1: I was talking with uh, John Duckworth, uh, our friend and noted uh, FFPC high stakes player who actually I found out was on the RotoViz podcast. Did you know this? No. Yeah. Duckworth making, making the rounds. Making the rounds. Yeah. He's getting up there. We were talking, he's a big Texans fan, as you know, and we were talking uh, about Hopkins uh, and, and. John said, well, one of the things that concerns me, not saying it was a big concern with him is like, he was great as the number two. How is he going to be facing the number one corner week in and week out in the NFL? Is he talented enough to meet that challenge and exceed, you know, expectations uh, to be a bona fide number one receiver in the NFL. And while I do think that he can, and I think that he probably will, I think that that's worth mentioning too, because it's something that kind of gets overlooked Um, last year when Andre Johnson was hurt he was essentially the, the de facto number one and he did okay in that kind of a small sample size remains to be seen if he can keep that up all season.
2: Did he do just okay I mean I thought he did pretty well.
1: Well I'm so, saying like in that limited yes pretty well but in that limited sample size right. he he didn't SHIT the bed as it were. <laughs> so yeah. de, so DeAndre Hopkins goes in his former teammate I think, I goes one I, pick later and I think Andre That's Johnson. just a little bit
2: overrated I mean I thought because you know, there are shutdown corners like there used to be. They, they, the way that the rules are written now, receivers are just, if you're really good, you're going to get open. That's why T.Y. Hilton goes to the 212. I mean, if they were playing the old school rules, T.Y. Hilton would, you know get thrown around like a rag doll, and he wouldn't really do as much. So, I don't know.
1: Speaking He's of fine. speaking of unbalanced teams, we have one already at the 11 spot tonight. The uh, FFPC Joe, Darren Fesich goes, Receiver, receiver, receiver. I they really are. And Des, Julio, and Cooks. How many? How many receptions is that between them? Like six hundred. No, it's not six hundred. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean,
2: it's. It, it, it should be. I mean, it should be in the neighborhood of three. I was it thinking like three. I was
1: thinking like two seventy. two seventy is
2: a, more of a logical over
1: really. Um, but uh, he starts off with three straight receivers. I feel like we saw, if memory serves me correct, and a lot has happened since last night. I think two teams. Went with three receivers right away. We have one team do it here. Greg Olson also goes off the board. So here we are at If you're
2: starting up, If you're going to no, no. yeah. do it, Darren, do it again. You know, keep going. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, go all the way. Let's. Yeah, exactly. Don't half-ass it. Let's see another wide receiver here, buddy. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Found it.
1: Any predictions? Oh, uh, I suppose you can. Running can't, back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, We have uh, four tight ends off the board as the third round uh, is completed You can take Rodgers if you want it. Greg Olson, that's not a receiver. Uh, Greg Olson uh, goes off the board at the 309 pick tonight, the 309 pick uh, by FFPC Joe Albert Chapman. Are you a little surprised that we haven't seen tight ends get pushed up the board in this format? Because I feel like last year it was kind of hit and miss. We had like three drafts where they were getting taken really crazy quick. And then we had three drafts where they just kind of were whatever. I think last night it was about normal from what I've seen. And so far, you know, this is normal to maybe below average with only four in the first three rounds off the board. But that is sort of the big four this year. That's the big four. I think so.
2: Yeah. That's I mean, a, who's, that's the problem is that the other tight ends, He so he took Spiller, by the way. So nice pick. Yeah. like that Saints offense. Um, so I think that, you know, the tight ends just aren't that exciting after the big four and even Greg Olson, you know, Greg Olson back, you know, even last year, it's like, you weren't that happy about taking him, you take him like eighth or ninth, you know, eighth or ninth tight end, maybe sixth tight end, whatever, wherever he was going. And no one was really super excited about it. I mean, they're a little more excited now this year because Funches is, is a rookie. Benjamin did okay, but he wasn't super efficient. Um, so yeah, I that's know. the
1: understatement of the century. <laughs> He was I'm not super be, efficient. I'm
2: trying to be a gentleman. So.
1: We talked about Kelvin Benjamin versus Devin Funchess and the odds that Funchess becomes the number one receiver before the end of the 2015 season. What about Greg Olson? Are we overlooking him? I mean, is he the type of guy that could really be the de facto number one option all season in Carolina? I, I feel like that's been sort of underrated because Cam Newton has thrown to him a ton before. Olson had a very good year last year too.
2: Yeah. He's a great player.
1: But I mean, as the number one option, you don't.
2: I don't know. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he will. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get a lot of targets. Benjamin will probably get a lot of targets. Funches may or may not get some targets. But would he, well, don't is, you love this? Is, analysis? Is he going to
1: get bunches of targets for Funches? <laughs> I think so. Uh, Jordan Matthews is the third straight receiver taken by Rich Rebar. Look at that team. Arian Foster, Calvin Johnson, Emmanuel Sanders, Jordan Matthews. That's an interesting start there, too.
2: Oh yeah, it is. I mean, Foster is obviously a great pick. Calvin, I like that pick. Sanders, I don't mind that either, and I don't mind Matthews. I don't. I don't there's nothing wrong with any of those. I fosters. feel
1: like Sanders might be a little bit early, as much as I've been stumping for Emmanuel Sanders most of the wasn't, season. Wasn't
2: he? Was what was he? The number three
3: or four? He was, yeah, year? he
1: was super high. I, think, I know for sure he's in the top five. He might have been higher, but uh, I don't know, man. Just with you know Cody Latimer there, uh, the emphasis on the run, on the run game.
2: I'm not too worried about Cody
1: Latimer. Well, I'm not saying that Latimer is going to all, you know, all of a sudden be what Julius right. Thomas was last year. But he is another so guy is that it they want to.
2: Kubiak doesn't. Kubiak's receivers just don't produce. Is that the thing?
1: Well, I mean, he, and that's been the, the, the number the number one guy. The number one guy yeah. produces.
2: Number two doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I have and reservations. But well, I
2: that. mean, and you can see that in in where he's being drafted because he's going in the late third round. He's not being drafted as a top five wide receiver. I mean, no, you, people have been adjusting.
1: Uh, we have a, a mini running back run going here. After Julian Edelman was selected, one pick uh, after Jordan Matthews, Lamar Miller, Jonathan Stewart, Mark Ingram, Alfred Morris. Stewart and Morris get selected about a half round earlier tonight than than what they when than what they went last night. But that's the FFPC format too, with with the dual flex, uh, with the one and a half point catch for tight ends. That it's just the ADP never firms up. You know, with people get just. Uh, take players uh, at their leisure whenever they want (laughs) and uh, follow the old Balkman adage of getting their guys. And that's, and that's what they did there. So of those, uh, now we have five running backs in a row is the, and it stops there. Okay. I won't reveal the next pick, but of those five running backs, Dave, do you have a favorite of the uh, fourth round running backs, Ellington, Morris, Ingram, Stewart, uh, Lamar Miller. I'm going to exclude Spiller.
2: Steven Spiller alone. I probably like Lamar Miller the best. Actually.
1: I think so too. I mean,
2: he did go first.
1: You have, you have some interesting options in the fourth round if you were in this draft where you have all those running backs there, but all of them with clear reasons why they didn't go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, I mean, you know, Morris and Ingram, they're going to pound it between the tackles, not going to catch very many passes. Jonathan Stewart and Andre Ellington seem to have the tools. They just haven't had the ability to stay uh, very healthy. Uh, and Lamar Miller is probably the guy who, to me, has – the fewest warts, uh, out of all of them, but he did go first among those five too. So
2: yeah, I would probably, if I had Lamar Miller, I know I'm not a big, a guy, but I would probably reach for him just around earlier, or, you know, than he normally goes or maybe even two.
1: Let's okay. We got to talk about this 410 pick Martavis Bryant goes Martavius? Mar- Martavius. to <laughs> Doug Mo as his number one receiver. Uh, I don't know if I've seen Martavis Bryant go this early in any draft before, really? At the 4-10. Where does he usually go, like 6th? I, yeah, I, I would say like 6th. I mean, sometimes he falls to the 7th. Bryant's an interesting guy, too, because, you know, so much of his value was touchdown and big play dependent last year. But a lot of times, those are the types of receivers. You alluded to this last night. Those are the types of receivers you want to have in a draft experts format like this. Whether you want to rely on him as your number one receiver uh, or not is is – a Different conversation altogether, but that's what Doug Moe was faced with after going running back quarterback running back We talk about taking the quarterback or tight end early He takes luck early and this is sort of the price you have to pay with Bryant going in the fourth round Are you at all uh, concerned with? Bryant regressing to the mean and Getting fewer touchdowns getting fewer big plays Or is the fact that he's rocked up this year, added the muscle, ready to take the pounding of an NFL season for an entire season, is he taking a step forward this year?
2: You know, I've never been a big fan of his, but I actually do think he will take a step forward. I think he'll be less dependent on the huge plays. He'll get more targets. So I think he'll – I mean, Wheaton's never produced well, and Antonio Brown's going to definitely get his. But I think Brian's actually going to become a little bit more of a complete player. But in my opinion, I don't think he – if he's going to become a true stud, I don't think he does it this year. I think it'd be a next year um, before he really truly is awesome. Um, and the, and the jury is still out if that's going to even happen at all. I mean, he very well could regress. There's definitely probably at least a 20 or 30% chance that he's kind of a flash in the pan. And, you know, you have all these news reports now about how great he is, and he could end up just being a complete bust this year. He <laughs> could, Michael, yeah, absolutely. Michael I mean, Clayton disease, right? Yeah, no, it's not I mean, what it was. Totally possible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was the 21st receiver taken off the board. So as much as I say that the receivers are falling after that uh, second round, I mean, they're really starting to get uh, selected and scooped
2: up here. I mean, when you have a body of work, I mean, his body of work is one season, right? And you look at Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen had one season that was great. And last year he really struggled. Um, So these things can happen. It's not that uncommon.
1: Nelson Sousa does what he wants, Dave. (laughs) He always has, he always will. And this is an interesting start from him so he gets Adrian Peterson in the first round, whatever that that's fine, It makes sense. But then he goes tight end, tight end, quarterback, receiver that is fascinating to me. <laughs> so he's going to have those dual tight ends, hopefully, you know, starting for him every single week. He gets Aaron Rodgers, you know, the number one or number two quarterback out there, depending upon what your personal preference is, and then he gets sleeper du jour that's flying up draft boards, uh, ascendant semifinalist, Allen Robinson the 502
2: yeah i like it i, I mean I, I think he actually he got little pockets of value i mean probably not with kelsey but with jimmy graham jimmy graham usually goes a little bit earlier right rogers definitely goes earlier than that uh robinson is probably where he goes so and i don't really i normally would hate this but i actually like all those players so i guess we'll see what he does in round six seven and eight and i'm not just trying to suck up to uh Sousa over here couple of uh, running
1: backs, rookie running backs, go with the next two picks, uh, or excuse me, the picks right before Allen Robinson. Todd Gurley and TJ Yeldon are the top two running backs for Joe Robert Finkel. He adds those guys to T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, and Rob Gronkowski. You actually would probably even prefer Yeldon over Gurley. Not that, I mean, he could have taken him in any order, right?
2: Uh you know right now I would yeah but I mean if he if he picks up Mason that team could that's that that's a really nice start. I mean those rookie running backs are going to be solid and if you know, if you get Mason you're all right.
1: Joseph Randall is the first Cowboys running back off the board. I believe at the same no he went at the he went at the 410 to Ted Schuster last night. He goes at the 503 tonight. So still to team 3. Doug Moe takes Joseph Randall as your, his your number 3. It's really well, it, listen. As we move further on, I'm I'm probably not even going to be talking about football anymore. <laughs> it's So I it just uh, women's soccer team. Yeah, women's soccer. We'll get into some snooker. Uh, I would imagine <laughs> the, the British Open politics. Yeah, British Open, which I didn't even realize was good. You know, I got I was at work today, and and uh, producer mutual friend Rob heard my ESPN phone alert go off on my phone.
2: What does it do? It
1: goes Yeah, it's it's like the Sports Center thing, and he's like, oh, British Open. And uh, he said that? yeah, and, and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, was that the British Open update? And I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. It's Monday. Rob, Rob is like the king of obscure crap <laughs> right. sports. Rob loves not
2: that. The, the, sorry, I, Rob. Sorry. But well, hey, you are.
1: Uh, but not that it was, you know, the British Open isn't all that obscure, but
2: no it, it it's not but i mean just in the context of just walking around but like
1: a monday afternoon he hears <laughs> right, it right. british open and i was like the british open ends on a monday oh, but exactly. he said yeah. yeah that's what he said so i didn't even realize that it. and then i forgot to check it right away and then like five minutes later i'm like oh i was gonna check it it was a british open update yeah. on my phone so <laughs> so there that's you it. go so joseph randall getting back to him dave 503. it's getting to be the point where I don't think his ADP is changing that much, but I think I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit, Um, especially if I start off a draft in my first four picks. Maybe I have a tight end and three receivers or a tight end, one running back and two receivers. I would look at Randall in the fifth round there because he could return some serious value. It's a swing for the fences pick. I don't know how much it, I, I think it's it's it maybe it used to be a a, a swing for the fences home run. T- I think more it's not like a grounder down the third baseline double type type pick.
2: Really? Yeah. I don't I don't so this is a high character individual, never has a problem.
1: Well, listen, he stole underwear in Cologne. Who hasn't done that before? <laughs> I, I did it I, this afternoon. For I got it sake. when I was
2: 14, probably. Or maybe it took some Rapala fishing lures or something from the Kohl's department store and never got caught. But anyway. Randall McFadden. You don't really know for sure that Randall keeps that job. Is he, he doesn't have a suspension to deal with or anything.
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of.
2: All right. So mm.
1: I know you. You so you're still off him in the fifth round, I, I, unless you're swinging for the fences. Yeah. I don't what know. if you're drafting the FFPC main, where where you you sort of do have to take a, a couple of? Yeah, of, I would have no
2: problem with that at that point. because, yeah. because you're going to definitely go for the upside.
1: Yeah. Uh, right after uh, Joseph Randall Russell Wilson Brandon Marshall and Carlos Hyde are the next three picks looking at uh, this uh, the draft board now Davis we have what is this uh, 50 me, 50 54 picks in I'm looking at a lot of green on this board there's a lot of running backs gone
2: can you and let me go back and interrupt and talk a little bit about Randall again I mean, when you look at him compared to like Jonathan Stewart, Mark Ingram, Alfred Morris, Andre Ellington, you could really make the case for him over all those running backs just because of the potential upside. I mean, if he actually is the feature back, gets the catches, he could outproduce all those guys, and he's likely to. Uh, so I, I think you, it, it does make sense. I mean, you can make that case. Obviously, as much more a downside as well. I guess part part of what attracts me to Joseph Randall
1: so much is not necessarily what he brings to the table, but what his competitors don't.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. like
1: a, a, as much as – as much as you like Randall, I think that you also have to almost equally like the fact that McFadden is not a real threat. I mean, he, he's always hurt. He's underperformed. Well, um, some
2: of those guys in the FSTA would disagree, Valky. Well, we McFadden. talked about
1: that last night. That seemed like more of like a bar bet
2: type yeah, uh, I draft guess so. but, that, I mean, but he actually, you know, Schuster actually took McFadden. He was the, in he the actually, fifth, though. Yeah, but he said in his commentary, yeah. he said that he preferred McFadden over Randall. That was what he said, because he, but he said that because Randall goes early, that's why he was taking Yeah, that's birth. true. He did say that now.
1: See, now look whose memory is a steel trap. Yeah, right. Dave Gerzak, remembering everything that Ted Schuster says. That's fantastic. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's go to the phone lines here and uh, and bring on guest number one tonight. You are on the air on the Wizinator broadcast with Dave and Balky.
3: Hey, fellas. How are you? We're we're, we're doing
1: very well. Is this, is, do I have the pleasure of speaking with Rob Vieira? Uh, you got it. Oh, perfect, Rob! So excited to uh, to have you on tonight, hang out. Despite Dave not wanting you on on the show last night, as he went off and said, "I'm not talking uh, for this half hour," and then it turned into, "I'm not talking on the show ever again." Uh, I, I'm just, I feel so excited that you can come on. We can clear the air here as I, Dave. I'm to go
3: on break. Actually, can d- I go on break? you can
1: go on break. But Dave has already privately confided in me that he means no ill will to you, Rob. <laughs>
3: it's it's some well-founded insecurity so
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you did such a great job of course rob uh, former guest of the show uh you came on and and co-hosted with me in our last show before the main event last year and you had a lot of great stuff to say you do uh, a lot of the uh, ffpc online satellite draft experts leagues Uh, which I thought would be great to bring you on tonight to kind of take a look at what you've seen so far in the draft last night, what you've seen so far in the draft tonight. Anything that stuck out to you, any trends that you were a little surprised at or individual picks uh, that you were surprised went that uh, guys went where they did?
3: Yeah, I don't know if there's really been trends. I know last year I was in the second draft. And I remember the first draft, was, it was almost like one of those celebrity drafts where there was just, like, random picks all over the place. <laughs> so I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be easy pickings. But I feel like both drafts so far um, this year and the draft that I was in last year are pretty – I mean, these guys know what they're doing. There's, not, there's some guys that have maybe sacrificed some value here and there, but for the most part, it's, it's pretty solid.
1: Rob, uh, of course, I, I touched on this at the top of the show, but you actually were the runner-up in last year's Pros versus Joes. You were the top-finishing Joe. You had the lead going into Week 16, and and, and certainly, and it was only by a few points, but certainly had to be frustrating to lose to Tim McCullough. Not that I want to open up an old wound here, but had to be frustrating <laughs> to lose to him when he drafts one tight end in 28 rounds and, and it ends up being good enough to win the whole thing.
3: Yeah, I, I got ODB'd. So uh, it was, it was, it was tough because we, we were lapping the field. I think, actually, I think Sigmund Bloom was in third and he was a couple hundred points behind us and I had already wrapped up my, my league. I think I had a 400 point lead. So it was literally two horse race and freaking Antonio Gates and Odell got me.
1: I've already said, I, Dave. I don't know if I said this on the show. We're not really sure if Antonio Gates' performance last year was exactly on the up and up. Like <laughs> yeah. perhaps we have to throw out McCulloch's uh, uh, yep. team, you know, based on the whole shadow of PED abuse. Plus, he's an industry insider. He might have known something. He could have known. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. roto he's, experts he's guys, like one of the big guys there. To yeah, he, he's not yeah. one of the peons. Th- this just reeks of of what would we call it? Gatesgate. <laughs>
2: Oh is that what it was? Like, be yeah it's gate gate yeah. it's a total controversy
1: yeah uh rob no, when you no w- when you drafted uh in your in your pvj uh draft last year coming into did, did you have a certain strategy because of all the experience that you had drafting in in de formats um or were you just i mean i know you were looking for value but uh yeah. was there anything that you were trying to do trying to become dominant uh when you were uh, when you entered it and started prepping for your draft
3: um now actually last year was my first year that i got into de's i'm doing a million of them this year but i i was somewhat new i had a pretty good idea in terms of the number of guys i wanted to get at each position Um, but for the most part i was i was looking for value and i i kind of lucked in i wasn't thrilled with how the draft fell but i lucked into uh, demarco murray Le'Veon bell start which was nice and then what what really carried me was the late round pick. So rounds 20 on other than kickers and defenses, I got CJ Anderson, LaFell, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry and Martavis Bryant. So it was wow, it was who's a,
2: who of sleepers.
1: Yeah. That well, that's <laughs> part of the reason that he was crushing his league by 400 points, you know, yeah. the last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Rob, you uh you um You did very well, uh, obviously, uh, in this competition last year. When you look at um, drafting, instead of drafting against 11 other Joes, you're drafting against five other people pretty familiar with the FFPC format, and then maybe six pros that are are good at fantasy football, not really used to this format at all. Did you feel like you were able to take advantage of that uh, in, in your draft where players that you didn't think would be there were falling to you, or were the pros in your draft pretty sharp?
3: Yeah, we like I said, the, the first draft last year, there was all kinds of value to be had. In mine, I think pretty much everyone that was in that knew knew the format well. They weren't doing anything silly. They weren't, you know, auto-picking defenses in the 12th round or anything like that. So, uh it was it was I had to I had to find those late round sleepers to uh in order to win that.
2: We Just left. Let go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So what do you think? To, so you actually won your league last year. And as a, as a reward for that, we didn't invite you back this year.
3: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got like five because I won a few 250s too. So I think I had at least four or five entries. And uh, I don't know. I think the fix is it could be another Gates gate or something.
1: Well, I was going to say, you know, you know, who picked the Joes this year was Tim McCulloch and Antonio Gates, celebrity pickers. <laughs> we are right. picking the FF the Joe's. So uh, okay. let's uh, I want to get back into the draft here a little bit and, and get your uh, get your takes on, on some of the picks here. Rob, we left off with Joseph Randall uh, at the uh, at the 503. After that, uh, Mike Clay from Pro Football Focus took Amari Cooper as his number three receiver. Then we see Brandon Marshall, Carlos Hyde, Jeremy Macklin go after that. Zach Ertz is the fifth tight end off the board there, followed by Roddy White, Deshaun Jackson, Giovanni Bernard and then a tight end combo at the at the turn at the 5-6 turn, Martellus Bennett and Jordan Cameron going to David Dory from the huddle. So, a lot of interesting picks there. Let's talk about Roddy White a little bit as he goes in the fifth round. We talked about Julio Jones being in a really good offense for number one receivers, uh, you know, coming into the prime of his career, really dominated a lot of games last year. Roddy White was just kind of there. Do you, I mean, is is he the type of guy that, that you would take uh, in the fifth round of an FFPC draft right now? To me, I think that seems like a little early.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't, I love Roddy. I've, he's been very good to me over the years, but in that offense, the number two receiver just doesn't get enough targets. And we've seen him with his creaky knees and hamstrings and everything the last couple of years. That's, that's way too high for me.
1: We talked a little bit about um team eleven in, in this draft in uh Darren Fessage. He started off with kind of an interesting uh, you know, three receiver for three receivers for his first three picks. Um, but then he follows it up with three straight running backs. What do you think of that strategy going Dez Julio Cooks and then trying to fill in those running back spots with Spiller, Giovanni Bernard, and Amir Abdullah? What do you think of that squad, Rob?
3: I like it's probably my favorite as I scan this. And you know, I talked before about getting value, and that's what he's done. He hasn't panicked about, you know, having the perfectly balanced squad three rounds into a twenty-eight round draft. Um, but now he's pretty damn balanced, and he's got explosive players in pretty much every round. Lots of lots of receptions.
2: You know, the running back. Yeah,
1: didn't yeah. didn't we see? Didn't the same team take Spiller and Cooks last night? I know we had a Spiller Cooks discussion of of uh, all those receptions. We could have seen that last night, too, or maybe they were back-to-back picks. Might have been. I don't know. Really,
2: yeah, I think it was back-to-back.
1: Sports betting man uh, Lance Turvis uh, in the chat room right now saying Team 11 also still killing it. So that seems to be the leader in the clubhouse for favorite team uh, in this draft so far. Well,
2: to give, to give credit to the top you know, six or seven teams here, they haven't even made their six-round pick.
1: Yeah, that's that's right, and that's why Team Eleven is so far ahead of the curve. Like they have that extra player. If I'm the 101, I'm winning after one pick. That is it's very, it's very true, my friend. Um, the other uh, player I wanted to talk a little bit about before we move on to the sixth round was uh, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, he goes to uh, Stephen Lee uh, in drafting from the from the seventh spot tonight. Jeremy Macklin in that Kansas City offense. Rob, Alex Smith is going to pepper Travis Kelsey with a lot of targets. What do you think Macklin is this year? He crushed it in Philly last year, but obviously on a, on a team that runs a ton of plays. Uh, with a quarterback that maybe doesn't take shots down the field, that can really take advantage of his deep speed, what are you foreseeing for Jeremy Macklin in a Chiefs uniform?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Macklin, he's not just a, a nine-route kind of guy. I think he's got pretty much the entire route tree. So I like him a lot. Um, but of the, I don't know, 50 drafts I've done, I'm not sure if I've got him twice. And I think it is, you know, whenever it, I'm looking on my cheat sheet and he's the best available, it's just it's hard to take a chief. It's just hard to take somebody when you got <laughs> Alex Smith chucking the ball to you. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's a crazy pick at all in the fifth round. I would have probably, you know, swung for the fences with uh, somebody else there, though.
1: Nelson Sousa drafting from the uh, two spot. We we talked about this earlier, uh, Rob, bef- before he came on. He takes a couple of tight ends at in the second and third rounds. Jimmy Graham and Travis Kelsey. Have you done that in any of the DEs that you've been in, where you take two stud tight ends early on and then try to cobble together some backs and receivers later, or is that something that that a strategy that you've sort of stayed away from doing?
3: Yeah, in fact, I think uh, in one that I have going right now, one of the slow drafts, I think I've got three in the first five or six rounds. So uh, again, I'll, I'll take the value. It's a long draft. There's 28 rounds. I'm probably going to wind up with four tight ends. If I can get three in my top five, game on.
2: You know, one thing I'm noticing, I guess, and I'm not trying to dog on teams three and four, but they took, you know, Jason Witten and Josh Hill, and you're heading into the the, the team with pick two that has Jimmy Graham and Kelsey, and then team one has Gronk. I just I would have not taken a tight end there. I would have passed on that, grabbed a running back or receiver, and assumed that those tight ends are coming back around. And as you see, you have three. Well, as you're going to see, there were no tight ends <laughs> go, that that went uh, during those four picks. Freaking YouTube! Sorry,
3: man. So I'm far a, I'm behind. really ridiculous. I got to look on
2: your screen. Um, anyway, we're talking with
1: Rob Vieira, the uh, runner-up from last year's FFPC Pros versus Joe's challenge. He won his league. He was the top finishing Joe and Rob. Uh, you know, looking at the uh, sixth round here, we see four tight ends go off the board. We saw two tight ends go off the board in the fifth round after the sort of the big four were gone. Is this sort of what you've been noticing in in DE so far that that, those top four and Grant, Graham, Kelsey, and Olsen have separated themselves. And then there's usually like a a round, round and a half delay. And then you see sort of like the, the next, uh, you know, seven or eight guys go off the board.
3: Uh, I'd say actually Bennett is pretty solidly as the fifth. And I've seen him even go ahead of some of those other guys. Um, But both tight end and quarterback are sort of a draft to draft thing where sometimes people panic and you see a ton of tight ends going off the board. Same thing with quarterbacks. Sometimes there's a a string of those. That's probably the two positions that are the most variable um, in the, the drafts that I've been in.
1: I'm a little surprised, Dave, that we've we've only seen three quarterbacks go off the board so far tonight. And no, these guys were smart. Luck, Rogers, and Wilson. Well, are they? Or <laughs> or are they are they missing out here? Because we get, you know, there there's plenty of other guys going off the board here that do not. Well, I, I I'm gonna try to stay away from naming players that have not been selected. I've screwed up that at least twice already tonight. So I'm gonna stay away from it now. <laughs> Let's talk about players who have been selected as we move through round six. I already told you that David Dory took uh, Jordan Cameron as the first pick of the sixth round. Then Amir Abdullah, Latavius Murray, two uh, guys on the upswing uh, in uh, on draft boards right now are the next two picks. Golden Tate and Russell Wilson, followed by Julius Thomas, Rashad Jennings, and Tevin Coleman to finish off the sixth round. Jason Witten, Josh Hill, Chain Vereen, and Vincent Jackson. I think, uh, Rob, that this is two consecutive drafts where we saw both top running backs on the Giants uh, squad in Jennings and Vereen both go in the sixth round. Uh, and then in both instances, again, we're dealing with small sample sizes. I understand, but Jennings goes ahead of Vereen. If you were picking a Giants running back or maybe you, I mean, you've been faced with this decision and in, in some of the DEs you've already done. Are you taking Jennings over Vereen right now or none?
3: Uh, none. <laughs> I, I've, I haven't touched either. And it's I, mostly because I like both of them. Um, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably take Vereen just because the upside of when Jennings gets hurt, I think uh, he'll he'll be able to do it all. Um, but I just I think it's going to be one of those annoying committees where you, you know you're never really happy with either of them.
1: We have uh, Beast Mode Boy chiming in in the uh, chat room right now, talking about the player that uh, Robert Finkel took with the 701, Nelson Aguilar. And he set the over under for Aguilar's catches at 60. Rob, if if I was to ask you if you think uh, Aguilar's catching more or less than, or excuse me, more than or fewer than 60 <laughs> balls this year, which side are you on? Are you taking the over or under?
3: Uh, probably slightly over. I think there'll be a bunch of guys there that catch probably in that range and i think you know jordan matthews aguilar maybe even Ertz are all being overdrafted um because just because i think it's going to be more distributed than last year i don't think there's going to be a macklin
2: especially with sanchez a quarterback
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah let's hope. well
1: i mean Bradford's not making it back well we all know that i'm just holding out for tebow <laughs> But uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm reminded, at, Rob, as you bring that up with with these Eagles all being drafted high in in uh, Aguilar and Matthews and Ertz. I'm reminded, I, I was it Aaron Hernandez's last year in the NFL where he and Gronk and Welker and there was another big receiver on that team that that was picked like like a normal like you know not a slot guy like a guy who
2: super early right? yeah. yeah
1: and it was those four guys and i was like you know i all four of these guys
2: we talked about that yeah they're
1: not good they're not someone's a boss yes <laughs> one of these guys is is going to stink yep. and and uh and we didn't know you couldn't kind of it's driving me nuts
2: you know, like, who, yeah. you know who was it stunk the
3: well, guy you brandon, can't think of. brandon lloyd maybe yeah it
2: was it was lloyd, it was lloyd. yeah yeah we, yeah, ended, yeah we were hating on lloyd i mean to give ourselves a little credit for once we didn't like lloyd and, I give uh, you
1: credit all the time.
2: And he, uh, he's
1: so he was the, he was the outlier there because the other three all had great seasons.
2: Yeah. that year.
1: Uh, there, There's a little bit, uh, I think of an allegory that you can make here with the Eagles in that Ertz, Matthews and Aguilar are all being drafted at a level where I don't know if, if, I don't know if one of them's going to bust, or I don't know if we're just overrating all three of them.
2: Well, you gonna, know? They're going to run so many more plays, Bucky. They're all going to do well.
1: Or maybe DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews each have 300 carries this year. I mean, who knows? Who knows with that Eagles offense? I I have no idea what to expect. One pick after Aguilar goes, Nelson Sousa takes Jarvis Landry, uh, Nelson Sousa from uh, Scout Pro. I, this is a pick I'm, I'm really, as much as, much as I fawned all over Andre Johnson last night, I really like on uh, Jarvis Landry this year quite a bit as well. And I've rarely seen him slip to the seventh round in drafts. Rob, I don't know if that's been your experience, but to me, he's been going in the sixth round of almost every draft I've commissioned.
3: Yeah, that's late. He sometimes even sneaks into the fifth.
1: I mean, I just I think that if He's you want to, such
3: an explosive play Well, you I want mean,
1: to
2: nine yards a route. I don't, nine yards but, but catch. I don't care about that. I mean, in this format, <laughs> i know, in PPR, you know, I, know. I
1: think if you because we talked we talked about the Dolphins ad nause is it nauseum ad nauseum Nauseam. ad nauseum. We talked about the Nauseam. Dolphins Nauseam
2: journalism. Maybe?
1: Yeah, well, then it was a very good school. <laughs> yeah. So, but. Uh, <laughs> uh i still don't know what a semicolon does yeah. so but the thing with uh with landry if you want to get a piece of that dolphins offense which we both love this year he might be the safest pass catcher out of you know him cameron stills jennings parker he might be the safest guy for production now granted I he usually that. is going first but to me if i'm going to get a piece that's the how many shares of landry do you have this many, year Rob? a lot
3: i don't actually the, the, so i mentioned oh. Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Martavis Bryant as the my 26th, 27th, 28th round picks last year. So, I, so they got a special place in my heart. But all these guys, I have a ton of Allen Robinson, only because I was getting them in the double-digit rounds from, I don't know, whenever this started, February or March. And then there were a couple of tweets that went out, and his ADP has literally been cut in half to where I don't even, I mean, he's not even on my radar anymore. Um, and with Landry, kind of like Dave alluded to, he's just not that explosive. He's definitely the safest, but I rarely draft for safety. Um, and then Martavis Bryant is another one that there's a lot of speculation. You know, he basically has to live up to all the hype to where he's drafting, so or where he's drafted. So it's it's tough for you know, me. To... You
2: know, what reminds me a little bit of Bryant is uh, the Tennessee receiver last year, Justin um, Hunter. Yes, uh, you know that's what his name eludes <laughs> me because he sucks so bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. and everyone was hyping. Justin Hunter, Justin Hunter, yeah. put on all this weight. Justin Hunter he's gonna be great. He's terrible. He's in a bit of a,
1: a bit of hot water right now, too. Oh yeah, what do you do? He, he uh,
2: been uh, checking.
1: The charged movies. with assault today. Oh really? Yeah, from uh, incident that happened the day before the fourth. Oh, so I don't.
2: So that's. So I mean, is that good for a DGB?
1: It's not bad for <laughs> DGB. I don't know how much. I don't really know how, how crazy you know DGB love I'm, I'm gonna have uh, after this. But we, again, we legal process has to play out. We'll see what happens there. I I've already told you like the Titans to me, the Titans and Browns this year, whatever, man, they're,
2: they're even further on your crap. List.
1: I just, I mean, even Delaney Walker, I don't even think even he is not get you. Uh, I can't. I mean, seriously, uh, Rob, are there any, um, are there any NFL teams out there that you just can't, I mean, besides the chiefs, you already talked about them, that, that you're really not excited about drafting any guys from Kansas city this year. Are there any other teams that you're just like, you know What? I'm not taking a player off that team.
3: Yeah, I mean, most of your bottom eleven, <laughs> whatever you guys called it. I mean, it's hard to <laughs> take a brown. A cool nature, right? Yeah, yeah, hard to take a brown. Hard to take a Raider. Hard to take somebody from the Titans. Um, a lot. I mean, a lot of those teams. I, you know, you see wide receiver one or RB one, and it gets you kind of excited. And then you think of actually watching those games and know that there's <laughs> nothing exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. the Colts thirty-five, Tennessee
2: seven. You know, it's like
1: uh, what what what's what was it when when you're a kid and and uh, you you want to get something, and uh, your parents are like, well, you probably shouldn't do that because, or you want to have that extra piece of candy or whatever it is, and they're like, you know, you're gonna have a bellyache if you eat that candy, you know, and you're like, ah, screw it, I'm gonna do it anyway. Sort of like you know, if you draft one of these guys. You got to live with watching their games, you know? <laughs> and I probably would get a bellyache from that. I just, it would not be fun for me at all. Uh, as we uh, move through the seventh round here, uh, Jarvis Landry going at the 702. We had Delaney Walker go at the 703, Sammy Watkins, we talked quite a bit about him last night at the 704 followed by Peyton Manning. What world are we living in? Sammy Watkins, one one pick before Peyton Manning. But there's a bunch of
2: guys that went before Manning where you could do that, like, that is what? true. Yeah. Paso? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Tory Smith, ASJ and Dwayne Allen uh, goes to uh, Sigmund Bloom as his second tight end and then Larry Fitzgerald, Doug Martin, Charles Johnson and Michael Floyd rounding out the seventh round you know one of the the, uh, the other thing I'm going to say is as I lead into a question here for Rob about Austin Safarian Jenkins we talked about Alan Robinson earlier about Rob said how his ADP was just a cut in half and I remember this because it seemed like there was like two or three days and I can't remember exactly when they were but I you know I get the football guys email and like the first thing is a blurb on Alan Robinson mm-hmm. I get the draft sharks email first thing is about yeah. uh alan ron Ra- you know and what the, i
2: mean and the problem is back then there was only like five items in right yeah and one of them was a the, crime the, right, right? So yeah it didn't matter someone like, this guy you know beat up this person or blew his hand off in you know, a fireworks
1: right. incident right yeah i mean and it's just like oh this is not gonna be good <laughs> yeah. for people who want to get robinson late and then of course twitter explodes on it like i was getting this guy in the 12th <laughs> round and now i can't get him there anymore and it's just so ruining my dress and blah, blah. i, I now, told you so and he was my number one receiver yeah. last year well anyway that in the same way and maybe not to the degree that the hype train has built for alan robinson it's building for austin safari and jenkins rob this is a guy that is coming into his second year in the league is a very swift and nimble guy despite him being the size of a sherman tank he looks like he could really uh, take some of those red zone targets away from Mike Evans. He could actually uh, end up having a big time breakout year in his second season. Are you of that belief, or have you been staying away from ASJ?
3: Probably somewhere in the middle. When when he slips, I grab him. When he doesn't, I, I mean, I think it's either going to be him or Vjax that is the, you know, getting the scraps from what Evans doesn't get. And I don't know. I mean, it's hard to project, especially tight ends. It's hard to to really project. So I'd probably take even someone as boring as Witten or something like that um, ahead of him, but he is, he is a swing for the fence.
1: Rob Vieira, our guest uh, tonight, co-hosting for a half hour. We're so excited to have him on after Dave trashed him on the show last <laughs> night. Rob being very gracious uh with this time to come on and talk a little draft I wasn't expert gonna, you know, strategy. Luckily,
2: Alex talked me into coming on.
1: You know, to you know. To oh, it's a, yeah. He so He's honest. like your agent. No,
2: like, yeah, yeah. He uh, you know,
1: me. Dave. Uh, you know, you really should do this. It's for the players. It's not you know just for you. You really need to to do this for the good of the FFPC.
2: That's the, one of those. That was exactly what he said. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, eighth round as we move on here after the uh, Michael Floyd pick uh, to finish off the seventh, three straight running backs, Chris Ivory, Joik Bell, and LeGarrette Blount. Joyke Bell, by the way, going two rounds after Amir Abdullah uh, to the same team, by the way, to Team 11, Darren Fesich. Um, he takes Joyke Bell, the pair with Amir Abdullah. Drew Brees after LeGarrette Blount. And then we see Kyle Rudolph, Matt Ryan, Tyler Eifert, Heath Miller. Uh, last night, I believe we saw, and this could be a shot in the dark. I think Duke Johnson was the eight Oh nine pick in both drafts. And yeah, that, that, right. it, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think he was Marcus Colston, Mike Wallace and Trey Mason. So Dave, you alluded to this earlier, Robert Finkel, if he could get Trey Mason, uh, to pair with Todd Gurley, he gets both of them now. So now he's looking good there. Um, Rob, let's talk about that Joik Bell, Amir Abdullah thing. Where are you falling? Uh, as far as those two guys go. I don't think i've seen them go two rounds apart i mean i'm i'm starting to see abdullah getting selected before joik bell uh but two rounds That's later crazy. yeah which was was pretty crazy to see joik bell fall fall that far are you drafting Abdullah over bell this year i am
2: and do you love
1: yeah, I mean, you I definitely. Even, I, yeah, I wanted to <laughs> expound on that a little bit. Um, uh, but
3: he's been one of my guys that I've overdrafted. Um, and I think we talked last time about how I treat my teams basically like a big stock portfolio. Yes, um, sir. So I like to diversify. He's a guy that I've invested very heavily in. I've pulled back recently, especially as he's moved up and Joik's moved down. So now I'll probably be heavily invested in, in Joyke, especially if he's going to go in the eighth round. But, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I, I just love, I think he's a great talent, love that offense. Um, and I think he'll eventually be, be the man.
1: Rob of the, of the dozens of teams that you've drafted so far this year, is there one player that you think you have on more of those teams than any other player so far?
3: Uh, there's pro- I mentioned Alan Robinson. I literally had him right. on. I think ten of my first twelve teams. Um, oh. I also had a ton of Devin Funchess. Um, partially, uh, I went to grad school at U of M, so it was kind of a homer pick. I also was hoping he was going to get drafted as a tight end, um, but then I think he still fell into a good spot. And I was he was literally my again my 27th, 28th round pick. Um, but now that he's going about half that. Um, I've, I've laid off him as well. So I'd say those two are, are the most that I've ever leaned into a couple of players, especially early on.
2: Yeah, Balky. I can't believe that we moved Funches up the up the draft boards that much. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, well, listen, that's all
1: you, man. That's <laughs> if anything, I I was dragging him down, and and the pull on the Funches anchor for Balkman is just not as strong as as the uplifting that you have for him.
2: You know, and the, you know what I think really caused it though was that there was a, and this was truly a blurb In like the mini in minicamp, it's like, oh, Funchus looks really good in minicamp. That was effectively all that they said. Right. A, that, that was the
3: same with uh, with Alan Robinson, though, too. It was like, I don't know who's Kaplan, you know, one of those knuckleheads that tweets something <laughs> out. And then, you know, Matthew Barry picks it up and throws it out on Twitter. And then next thing you know, he literally is going from the 12th round to what did he do today? Fifth?
2: Uh, today he fifth. was That's
3: fifth, serious. yeah. It's great. I mean, there's I, I love I loved him coming out of college. Uh, you know, again, he's a wide receiver one on a team that's gonna be losing a lot, which there's a lot to like there, but he's on Jacksonville, you know. How many touchdowns are they gonna score? Probably not many. It's it's I think it's hard to justify taking somebody from that team. Um and well, Yeldon right next to him too. So both those guys I, I won't be touching that early.
2: You're just trying to push his ADP down, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, so you gotta mix in a little, you know, a little of that. But no, I see I mean you could that's I could show really you. Funny. I could show you. I literally, I had him all the time. And then it kind of went half and half and I haven't drafted him in probably 15 drafts. Not even close. That's
2: pretty, you know, I have to give you credit. That's really impressive to be able to get away from a player like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people can't do that. Most people don't do that. They're like, I like him. I know he was going here, and I, you know, I, I still like him. I still think he's a value. And most people can't do that. I, I struggle with that on occasion. Yeah, so I, I do too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, for sure, it's just it's like human nature. I think is is once you get that ingrained in your mind to. I can't quit you, Alan. Yeah, you can't. I can't quit you, Alan Robinson. Hey, you can, you, Alan Robinson. Uh, <laughs> well, part anyway.
3: of it, if you're paying, if you're paying half the price for a while, it's like, no, I'm not going to pay twice the price for this guy. So yeah, that's that's
1: right. <laughs> Like, I'm not like,
3: what are you talking well, about? Pay full price I, for I just paid
1: half this price last week. Now you're telling me i got to pay this price? Screw that. Based, I'm taking somebody else.
3: Based on nothing, based on nothing that's changed. So, yeah. He's, mean, a good something- <laughs> He's obviously yeah. good.
1: He, he paid Kaplan to put out a tweet about him. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs>
1: Rob Vieira, it has been a pleasure once again, my friend, having you uh, on the show. I want to wish you uh, good luck. In all of your leagues this year, hopefully you don't get uh, Beckhamed or gates, <laughs> as it were, uh, this season. And uh, we're going to do our best to uh, to start pulling that Allen Robinson ADP down for you again, buddy.
3: All right, thanks, guys. It was fun. Thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Rob Vera, the uh, twenty fourteen FFPC Pros versus Joe's runner up. What a pleasure! And you know, uh, I mean, have
2: to actually say he, he was all right.
1: He's a very, very, very kind. <laughs> Nice, he was great, very very good fantasy player. You know, it's interesting, Dave. Is he actually won his pros versus Joe's league last year? He took second in the overall, but he won his uh league, and that means he got a free 2016 FFPC main event entry. Now, he gets his free, um, most people do not, and if you want. still get in on that main event action you have five hours from starting from right now to get uh get in pay for your team in full and then you'll get your early draft slot a week from yesterday so wait you're gonna be way ahead of the curve than everybody else then all these guys signing up in august or whatever and then they only have two weeks of prep to to find out you know where they're picking from you're gonna get like six weeks you know seven weeks of prep if you can sign up tonight at myffpc.com. and maybe you already have a team maybe you want to pick up a second team We give you one for fifteen hundred, as opposed to seventeen fifty. That is the last salesy thing I say on the show.
2: That was really good how you weave that in there
1: for the next ten minutes. (laughs)
2: Then
1: I'll start selling something else. So we actually um, we missed a little bit uh, of of the draft here. Not missed it. That that was a a fun uh, little chat we had with Rob. We um, left things off, I believe, Dave, at the end of the eighth round with Trey Mason. First of all. I'll just say this: Mike Wallace goes at the 811. Charles Johnson goes at the 711, uh, which is weird. So that's like, you know, more than a, a full round or, or a, exactly a, a full round of difference between those two. Are we starting to see some separation? I mean, as John, I, I know you like Wallace better, but it seems like the masses are are driving up Johnson's price a little bit more.
2: You know, I think the thing about Johnson is, is that he has he has an unknown upside. And with Wallace, you kind of know what what you've gotten in the past. So uh, you can make the case that Johnson has this, who knows what he can do, but it could be awesome. You know what I mean? And with Wallace, you just feel pretty good that he's not going to be awesome. He might be you know pretty decent, but he's not going to just blow you away. So I, I think that there is a premium to be paid for something like that with Charles Johnson. So I get it. I get why people are doing that.
1: You had uh, if you were Robert Finkel, you had an interesting decision uh, at the if you're gonna go running back at the nine oh one. Roy Hillu, and then one pick later, David Johnson went. If you were drafting, which one of those players would you rather have this season?
2: I would have taken David Johnson over Hillu myself. Um, but I think he – I mean, because he had – it's the Gurley-Mason combo, so he effectively only has two running games. So he really had to go running back at the nine oh one, in my opinion.
1: Right, but he could have gone David Johnson.
2: That's what I mean. I would have taken Johnson over Hillu. That's what – Right,
1: what I mean. but why but- – Because Helu is going to, he should be catching a ton of passes in Oakland. David Johnson probably, well, of course he's going to catch a lot of passes in Arizona. I mean, that's one of the things he does really, he's the rare running back where he's a mountain of a man and he actually catches the ball better than he runs it. Like he's got Larry centers. Yeah.
2: I mean this, you're not going to have to, you're not going to have to choose to start David Johnson necessarily. So if he actually emerges, uh, you know, he's definitely not the starter, but I, I actually, I think he's more talented than Andre Ellington. He's bigger than Andre Ellington. Um, I don't know. It's, I just, I feel, I have a good feeling about Johnson. The team really, really, really talked him up when they drafted him. So I think that they really like him a lot. And I think he's going to be used. I think he's going to be the goal line back. And uh, so I think you're going to get some use out of him.
1: I just noticed we have ballers going on in the Gatorade ah, studios right now as, as we have the, uh, the draft going on. It also reminded me that Ted Schuster who drafted last night, um, uh, said he watched Ballers, and he missed it last night unless he had it going on, but it was a new episode last night, and he was
2: drafting, so he and couldn't watch it. And Victor Cruz, who he drafted, was also on. The, this was he on
1: last night, too? Yeah, yeah they um, were talking, to him. Is this what Victor Cruz is doing to rehab, <laughs> by the way? He's just appearing and guesting in multiple episodes of Ballers. Yeah, maybe he's going to have to move down the draft boards. Yeah, well, I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Devontae Adams is moving up draft boards.
2: talking about players who uh, aren't picked
1: yet. Yeah, no, Devontae Adams went. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, the the guest star of ballers still on the board. Uh, Devontae Adams goes at the 903 Eric Decker, followed by Larry Donnell. And then you have uh, three receivers go right in a row. Brandon LaFell, Kenny Stills and John Brown. Those are three interesting guys we could probably talk quite a bit about. We talked quite a bit about. Was it Friday? We talked about LaFell.
2: Yeah, we talked to him
1: about. LaFell. Or no, it's two weeks ago. We talked about Lafelle and like how he was like the forty some. He was the forty third receiver being drafted, the
2: forgotten guy. But he
1: finished as the number twenty two receiver last year. Yeah, with all those pieces in in New England still.
2: I mean, other than Brady having his little issue that may or may not go away.
1: Yeah, I mean, nothing to That's me. What's he all
2: doing by the way right now? I mean, like
1: but he's well. taking a straw poll. He's out. He's out on the street. Let me ask you something. What would you think <laughs> if we uh, reduce Brady's sentence by? three games would that be would, would you find me more likable less likable as likable about the same <laughs> <laughs> kenny stills uh the deep threat for the dolphins goes after lafell and then john brown another guy baby i'm starting to worry but you know he could his adp is going to start to go up too. i'm really starting to like him to the point where i think i'd rather draft him over michael floyd Okay. Like like not even where they're going
2: because <laughs> Floyd's
1: still going ahead of him. I yeah. think I might just I mean he's the and he's the number three guy there. Yeah. He's not the number two.
2: He's uh, a slot receiver, he's man.
1: totally undersized.
2: Yeah, went you know to, went to, I think he went to Pittsburgh State. Pittsburgh State, yep, yeah,
1: which is not even in Pennsylvania.
2: He ran a it's four, in like Kansas. He ran a four oh forty, I think. Did he really? No, it was like a four two something. it was, yeah. it was lightning. I was gonna
1: say how how does a 40 yeah. guy going in the tenth round? Um or ninth round, excuse me. Right after him, we have Devonte Freeman, Isaiah Kroll, Kevin White, and Cam Newton rounds out uh, round nine. Devontae Freeman, Dave, tonight goes at the nine oh nine. Tevin Coleman went
2: all the way up at the six oh eight. Dude, I'm three that, rounds different. At difference. that point, I'm liking I'm liking Freeman in that in those. Yeah, for those, but prices. you didn't know. Right, You know, I mean, you, I mean, if you're getting to the eighth, ninth round like that, Freeman's a solid pick for sure. Freeman would have been a good pick in the 901. Even.
1: And if you're, if you're Keith Douglas, who took Tevin Coleman uh, in the sixth round, you don't know where Devontae Freeman's going to go. And if you like Coleman, that's a good spot well, to try and make sure you get him. You well, know? And again,
2: not to dog on, on him at all, but why I mean, is Larry Donnell so great that you would pass on being, being able to pair up Devontae Freeman with Tevin Coleman? I think that, that would have been nice for him to be able to do that. Um, but if, if, to me, it's just like Larry, to know, it's like, he's just a guy. So you could have taken somebody else and taken Freeman there. I thought that would have been a good move for a squad. Uh,
1: moving on to the, well, actually, no, there was one other person I wanted to talk about. Oh, your boy, Isaiah Crowell, uh, goes at the nine. Actually, you don't like him. You like Duke Johnson who he went in the eighth point. round. Yeah. your he would Kroll was sort of your boy last year because he was being so underdrafted.
2: He was, I mean, to be truthful, he was really like Sigmund Bloom and those guys, Everyone well, for him. Dynasty, yeah, I mean, those guys really liked him a lot. He, uh, Matt Walden had him rated super high, right? And he was correct. I mean, although that you know now his value is dropping a bit, but uh, he you know he called it right. I mean, yeah, I didn't love Kroll, but I thought he was all right. Better than Ben Tate, who went in the fourth round last year. I, I forgot. I was a rip on Schuster on um, Jeff oh, Manns about the yeah. Ben Tate pick last year. Well, you know, year. but that was you know, Jeff.
1: That wasn't Ted. It was not Ted. But yeah. I, I
2: was a rip on Jeff Manns about his four hundred three pick of taking Ben Tate when he was going like in the eighth round. Well,
1: you know, he is drafting next week, so all I, right, we'll we have can, to bring that. up. We can bring it up with him when when he when he drafts. Um, but okay, so are you still liking Duke Johnson in the eighth round over Isaiah Crowell in the ninth?
2: Yeah, for, yeah, I do.
1: Okay, all right, just curious. So moving on to the tenth round. Uh, Eli Manning, Owen Daniels, Ben Roethlisberger, the first three players off the board. We follow that up with Darren Sproles going to Albert Chapman and then four straight receivers, Brashad Perriman, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Pierre Garçon. uh, Follow that up with Bishop Sankey, Tony Romo, Victor Cruz, and Kobe Fleener to complete the 10th round. A few things I want to talk about here, Dave. I love Ben Roethlisberger in the 10th round. That's a fantastic pick. And I know that the quarterbacks were sort of – you know, being waited upon in this draft, but man, big Ben finishes the number four quarterback. I want to say last year, you have a a Martavis Bryant, Marcus Wheaton, Heath Miller, Antonio Brown, all coming back. Le'Veon Bell is, you know, we think he's going to be healthy and fine for, for week four. I love Ben Roethlisberger with all those weapons at round 10. That's crazy. I love
2: that. That's it. I, I like the pick. It's a really great pick.
1: Uh, let's uh, go to the phone lines here and, and take another phone call. You are on the air on the Wizinator Pros versus Joe's draft with Dave and Balky. Who are we talking to? This is Sigmund Bloom.
2: Sigmund, what's up?
1: Footballguys.com, Sigmund Bloom yeah. calling in. Very, uh, very excited to hear from you tonight, Sig, How have uh, yeah. you? You know, we're in the eleventh round now. Uh, sure. How's your team? How do you like your team so far? Well, you know, I, I
0: don't want to do you do I, i'm gonna do it i mean I, I did win last year i had my most, most successful pros versus joe's draft in the four or five i've done i, I had a, a, a plan uh and already by the third round my plan got thrown off a little bit but i probably shouldn't have expected travis kelsey to fall to the third round i think he fell to the fourth round in last night's draft and that's really what threw <laughs> me off uh but for the most part you know actually mfl tens uh and w- what's going on with the best ball drafts and i love that best ball we've been doing best ball drafts uh, 16 team best ball drafts and the football guys mock drafts are us forums for years and i've always loved it just to get a feel of how adp changes over the off season as news comes in and things like that nfl tends to thrown a lot more people into the pool to do that so you get to run a lot of drafts and see how things go and, and think of scenarios uh and and i knew that wide receiver the cheapest points in any best ball draft are at wide receiver so that was going to be the position with the exception of an early stud that i was going to kick down the road uh, and otherwise i think locking in some upside at tight end is crucial in this format uh, because if other people are bludgeoning you with big games at tight end it's really hard to make that up if you were drafting running backs and wide receivers because of the best ball nature some of your if you make some good later picks you can catch up uh but yeah, so i, I was I was kind of forced into going Ertz, Allen, and Rudolph in the 5th, 7th, and 8th. Uh, I was getting Allen like in the 10th or 11th last year, Kelsey down there too. So I don't have that luxury. I had to reach for those
1: guys a little bit this year. Yeah, I mean, and you did a good job with with securing tight ends in a draft where all of a sudden they, the second tier sort of guys started getting scooped up. And uh, you yes. get three of them, which is a luxury that not a lot of the other teams on this draft is going to have. You take, um, uh, let's see, who was I going to ask? Oh, okay, Dwayne Allen. Let's talk about him for a little bit because yeah. we uh, we know that there are a ton of weapons at Andrew Luck's disposal uh, in Indianapolis uh, with uh, you know Andre Johnson and Moncrief and Hilton and Fleener and all those guys there. You, I mean, I don't know if you're hoping for ASJ there, but you had the opportunity to take Rudolph, Eifert, Heath right. Miller uh, in uh, in the seventh round. Why'd you settle on Allen there?
0: Well, those guys are all in the same tier for me, along with Josh Hill. Uh, and I'm making a pick right now. Ah, I'm making a pick. I'm on the clock. So Perfect. Let's, let's, well, take us through, through this do pick. Do, we want to hear. Do, it. Do. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't want to use up my whole minute and a half explaining it. But you know, <laughs> at this point, we're at, the, at this point, I mean, I have Russell Wilson. I have my three tight ends. I have my three running backs. I have Jordy Nelson and three weekly high ceiling guys, in John Brown, Rashad Perryman, and Reuben Randall. So I'm I'm totally swinging for the fences here. Uh, I think last year informed us that he, I think he's the kind of player that can throw our team over the top. I know a lot of people who took Odell Beckham last year in these drafts later on, you know, obviously they loved it. So I'm going to make a very similar type of pick right now and take Devonte Parker,
1: Devonte Parker, swinging for the fences indeed. And he actually goes with, with the Paraman uh, as, right. or with Brashad Paramin as your uh, second rookie receiver, but you have some breakout guys there too, with, with John Brown, but getting back to, uh, yeah, getting to back Allen, to Dwayne Allen. So, yeah. You know, first of all,
0: I love the player, and you love the quarterback. And I really do think that in fantasy football, if we just started thinking of tight ends and wide receivers as a quarterback to tight end and quarterback to wide receiver combo, it would give us more clarity, right? Uh, And that's why, you know, and notice – Bridgewater to Rudolph. That's why I like Rudolph out of that tier. Uh, and actually, Winston's not going to hurt Severian Jenkins. But getting back to Allen, you, you like hearing that he slimmed down. You like hearing that he did a different offseason regimen to reduce injuries. And with Allen and Rudolph, I think if these guys play 12 or 14 games this year, people are going to profit from taking them. Uh, because the only thing masking how good they are are the injuries they've had the last few years. And they've got good young quarterbacks to feed them. The, the other question here is going to be, do the Colts run a lot more three-wide sets uh, as opposed to the two tight end sets that Pep Hamilton loved so much last year. And if they do, who's the odd man out, is it Fleener or Allen? I don't think Kobe Fleener is that great at football. I just – I've never been that impressed with him as a player. I think Dwayne Allen is a much better two-way player. I think he's a, a much more rugged player after the catch. I think he's better at occupying the middle of the field. Obviously, I think he's a better red zone receiver. And this is where we hope that rational coaching – on our podcast, we talk a lot about the assumption of rational coaching and how that trips us up in fantasy football. Rational coaching tells me Dwayne Allen's on the field as much as you can possibly have him on the field. So I expect Allen, if he stays healthy, and we might just be saying, well, you know, Dwayne Allen's like Jordan Reed, uh, and this just isn't, we can't expect him to stay healthy. But in a best ball draft, you have the luxury of backing these guys up with each other so that if one of them fails, another one can pick you up
1: talking with Sigmund Bloom from uh, footballguys.com. Uh, Sigmund, one of the other things that and and I've been listening, you know, you can listen to Sig on the Audible, the Thursday Night Live show that Football Guys has. You can listen to on the couch and download that on iTunes. Really great stuff. A lot of great guests uh, on those shows. But you've uh, you've talked about how you really like Frank Gore in Indianapolis this year. Oh. And one of the things that I think is is maybe not talked about enough is the fact that he had a really really good offensive line in San Francisco last year and he's not going to a very very good offensive line in Indianapolis this year. But with all those weapons that Indy has that we already talked about, that should trump, or at least you're of the belief that that trumps the lesser offensive line there, that there's going to be lanes open for Gore just because Andrew Luck's going to be able to spread the field so much more. Yes, and look, this is what I think has happened with Indianapolis in the backfield, okay?
0: Trent Richardson has concealed from us that this is a plug and play backfield because of Andrew Luck. And this is without Andrew Luck having the weapons he has this year because of Andrew Luck, defenses are always going to defend the run second. And Trent Richardson has been so bad that we have not noticed that. But if you look at the numbers, Ahmad Bradshaw had eight total touchdowns on 128 touches last year. Do the math. He had 4.7 yards per carry. Boom. Heron. Boom Heron, who's you know, is on the fringe of belonging in the league, had 4.5 yards per carry. These guys also catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, which Frank Gore has not had the opportunity to do under Greg Roman. Uh, you go back to 2013, Donald Brown, damn it, Donald Brown, had eight touchdowns on 129 touches. He averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Damn it, Donald Brown did. Okay, When it wasn't Trent Richardson running the ball, whoever they put back there was gathering up touchdowns, catching the ball, putting up numbers Frank Gore is better than any of those guys even at this late stage of his career and I I think he's a top 10 running back I think any competent running back could put up running back two numbers any good running back is going to put up running back one numbers in that offense
1: we love it. That's great analysis on uh, on Frank Gore and Sigmund Bloom. You can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, and definitely check out all the work that he does for footballguys.com. Oh Sigmund, very, uh, very so awesome good. of you to call in and uh, hang out with sure. us for a little bit tonight. We're going to let you get back to the draft. And uh, listen, we could probably keep you on all night and you could back. talk to us because you don't you don't even know. Uh, or these guys don't even know what they're getting into going up against the former pros versus joe's champ the the reigning (laughs) champion of this league uh congrats on the success there man and thanks so much for calling in thanks
0: it took a while to get there but i don't plan on leaving
1: (laughs) (laughs) awesome stuff man we'll talk to you again soon sigmund bloom from uh, footballguys.com chiming in one of only six guys that had won uh, a pros versus joe's title one of only three pros Last year to win a title.
2: And, and I can't, unlike Rob Vieira, we invited him
1: back. Well, that's true. We did. Um, but um, I can't remember who the third pro was that won. I know it was Sigmund Bloom, I know it was John Hanson, and I can't remember who that third pro oh Tim McCulloch, obviously. So McCulloch, Hanson, and Bloom are the three pros that won last year. Very cool of him to call in. And everybody anybody else wants to uh call in and chat about their draft, we'd love to have you. 347-426-3682 three four seven game over we got about 40 minutes left in the show and hey you know i say this all the time everybody always wants to call in the last five minutes or so and then we can never get anybody on so okay. now's your now's your chance because i've had
2: enough drinks they've got the courage to call
1: we you don't need liquid courage <laughs> to talk to two buffoons like us so feel free to uh to give us a call she changed
2: the name of the show to two buffoons
1: um we were talking about the um receivers that just went in the 10th round, sort of a sweet spot out of nowhere in the 10th. Brashad Perriman, Steve Smith, Anquan Bolden, Pierre Garçon. Even I think Garçon is the guy I like least out of those four. And I think I'd still take him in the 10th.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then Cruz went at the 10 11.
1: Right after we were talking about him. Yeah. So there you yeah. have, you're welcome. Nelson Sousa.
2: There's a, there's a running back. I want to talk about in the 11th round that uh he's the biggest gap. Of, of draft ADP from draft one to draft two.
1: Well, let's finish off the 10th round Sankey Romo, Victor Cruz, Kobe Fleener complete it. And I'm trying to, Oh my God. I, <laughs> I, I think I know which one you're talking about. Yes, you but, do. but well, it's not that crazy of a pick. So we'll let's see if the listeners can figure it out. The 11th round uh, kicked off with Ryan Tannehill, followed by Reggie Bush to Nelson, Niall Davis to Doug Moe and Tom Brady goes to Mike Clay. Uh, Danny Woodhead, Colin Kaepernick, and Eric Ebron are the next three players. And then Ruben Randall, Darren McFadden, Antonio Gates to Rich Rebar, Vernon Davis, and Monte Ball finishing off the 11th round. Let's talk about that running back. Now, he <laughs> did he did have C.J. Anderson. And if you want – we talked about it last night where it the, no. bron- the Broncos have written in pencil that, that Anderson is the guy. Deep pencil, as I referred to it. But Monte Ball, you know, he's still there. He's still uh, a guy that they used a second-round pick on.
2: You're talking about Monte Ball? Yeah. Why are you talking about him?
1: That's who I thought you were referring to. Who else are you referring to?
2: Well, I'm, Jeremy McFadden went in the fifth round last oh, night. Oh, I thought and you were talking about t- Okay. 11th yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, Okay. I understand. Okay.
2: But, sorry, yeah. You, six, but, six rounds later.
1: But, yeah. Well, you said ADP, so I was thinking ADP. Right, but, yeah. Last night, he goes at the 503. Tonight, McFadden in the buy of the century, if you're using last night's draft as a rubric, 1109 to Albert Chapman. So someone
2: who, so either Chapman got a great value, which is totally possible, or Schuster just overdraft him or what? I mean, where, you know, where these guys are going, Bob. Yeah, where do, where does McFadden I, I it go? falls in
1: between there. I usually don't see him in the fifth round usually uh,
2: don't see him in the eleventh. I
1: usually don't see him in the eleventh, but it's not an even split. Like I would say he goes much more often in the ninth and tenth than he goes in the sixth or the
2: seventh. No, so. is Randall generally going that fifth round range? Yes, and so he's cli- Randall, and he's climbing. So he's climbing. So really that you know you got a four round four round window. Okay. So yeah. that, that makes sense.
1: And I and I listen I've said this again and again and you can poo poo it all you want. <laughs> Randall is going to be threatening a second round pick. When we get to Vegas,
2: I said, he's, he's
1: on the short list. We have five semifinalists now and Randall's one of them. So I it's, I am telling you, I don't think they're going to sign. You know, there was, I think it was in the football guys email today that, or maybe his draft. I can't remember. I get them all mixed up and I feel so guilty about it because I'm not giving credit where credit's due. But uh, Chris Johnson may or may not be signed by, by the Cowboys. And you know what? wouldn't even dissuade <laughs> me to do what it wouldn't even dissuade well, and then is, it was like it was so funny running, running yeah it was so funny like he's coming off a stab wound at a nightclub or whatever Are you or a drive-by shooting that's what it was so he got shot in a drive-by shooting so he's coming off that which is such a bizarre thing to read but this is 2015 coming off a drive-by he's coming off a drive-by shooting injury um but anyway so he could actually be uh um a player in that Dallas backfield, but it wouldn't, sh- uh, scare me off of, of Randall.
2: Yeah, he's bad.
1: You know, I know you're not taking him no matter what. I mean, Rand- Johnson? no Randall. Well, I'll I know you're it. not taking Johnson.
2: What do you mean? Why wouldn't I take Randall?
1: I don't know. You just, from our discussion before you just did not seem like, you know, you brought up the underwear cologne thing, character <laughs> concerns. <laughs> like there's so many other things that
2: I, I got to play. You know, I can't just agree
1: with you every time. But- okay. Well, fair enough.
2: I haven't made up my mind yet. Was there I'm any? I might take
1: him. Was there any other player in the eleventh round that you want to talk? Can we talk a little bit about Tom Brady as Mike Clay's number one quarterback in the eleventh round? Tom Brady in the eleventh round as the number one quarterback—that's insane. That's sweet. Oh god, I love that pick. What do you like better? Do you like Ben Roethlisberger in the tenth or Tom Brady in the eleventh?
2: Um. I don't know they're both really nice i mean
1: i think big ben but it is incredibly close and the thing is if brady gets a suspension down to like one game or whatever i, I like brady better see,
2: but when you get in these good guy drafts i mean and i say good guys like they're all good guys they're all good players you know you have that happen i mean last yeah. year in kentucky in the big payback league i think we got brady he was he was one of three quarterbacks we took because they were just they were so cheap it was the 11th 12th and 13th and <laughs> right. Brady was in one of those rounds i forgot what it was. I think it was Wilson, the 11th. Yeah, I remember. It was, it was yeah. Wilson, Nick Foles, and Brady. And Foles was hyped up back then because, you know, he was playing this high-volume model. Right, album. yeah. So we just said, screw it. We took all three. I think Wilson was the third one we took in the 13th.
1: Well, it was you and FFPC player, our good friend, Kurt Awe, the big K, mm-hmm. where you guys were drafting in that. I was actually drafting in the Vegas League um, on the other side of the ballroom with uh, two-packer and premium user and some other people. And I remember all this, like – hoopla going uh, on the, because you went quarterback with three straight picks and then and was
2: it's, it, a, it's, a, it's a 20 round redraft yes yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not a draft right
1: catch. and and wasn't didn't everybody cheer when Brad Taylor he took didn't he take his first quarterback in like the 18th round yeah, he like took he took like, his he, he took his kicker yeah, before he yeah. took a quarterback
2: yeah he was like He's like, I'm not taking one now. So he's like out of spite. And so he took like Flacco and Alex Smith for <laughs> his two quarterbacks.
1: <laughs> I remember that too. Cause I, everybody like was clapping. I looked over at him and he's got his hands up in the air. <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you. That was, uh, that was a lot, lot of fun. fun. Moving on from the uh, 11th, okay. unless there was some the We didn't win either. I know. Yeah, uh, you know who did win that league Ooh. friend of the show, Brad Cruz. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Brad's F- a great player. FFPC player, Brad Cruz. Um, the uh, 11th round. Is there anybody else you want to talk about there? Um, nah, I think we can move on.
2: Let's move on.
1: Okay, 12th round kicking things off was Jay Ajayi, and then Matthew Stafford, Kendall Wright, Philip Rivers go right in that order. Of course, Sigmund Bloom from Football Guys made his pick on the air with Devontae Parker, Ryan Matthews, Charles Clay, David Cobb, Ladarius Green to Pro Football Focus, and then Jordan Reed. Charles Sims and D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams is kind of a sneaky little pick there in the 12th round for the first few weeks, Dave.
2: Yeah, he is actually not too bad.
1: Are you uh let's look at, well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're going to look at team by team analysis. Uh, there's one team I want to talk about, but we'll do that in the next couple of minutes here. We'll just kind of catch up. Is there anybody that sticks out here uh, to me? It's Charles Sims at the 1202 versus where did Doug Martin go? He went all the way in the seventh round. You know, I was offering a first round. The 12-11. 12-11. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I was offering a first round dynasty pick to, uh, uh, in Blake Carrington for Charles Sims, like before the draft, uh, <laughs> really? to um, uh, Fred, our, our buddy Fred, former co-host yeah. of the HSFFR, and he wouldn't take it.
2: And he's the guy who never has any first round picks. He could have used it.
1: No. and you, No. I I was trying. Oh yeah, because he would be acquiring. He already and he traded McFadden for a first rounder to Hamilton Herbert in that league, so he actually had two of them. So he could have got a third. Wow. Could have given me Sims, and now let's just say that Shoot. deal's off the table. <laughs> but that's when that was before the draft, and I still didn't have any running backs. And then I you know pounded the running backs hard in, yeah. the, in the rookie draft, so now I'm good. Well, I'm not good, but I have a bunch of them. Uh, the uh, so the distance between Martin and Sims, I see that kind of getting wider. As we move uh closer to uh to late august and early september
2: just in 24 hours even
1: where did they go I, were they pretty tight last night was it like one round apart i thought, I
2: thought it was the,
1: i told you i was going to forget about yeah, this I, forgot.
2: I thought it was the eighth and the 11th last night okay so they,
1: they're right? already widening there and
2: then the, the guy who got martin did get simpson
1: you look at uh the distance between sankey and cobb i feel like that was sort of what we saw last night I like the Ryan Matthews selection in the twelfth round. You
3: get talk about that. A little you bit, get Balky. Ryan
1: Matthews going to Stephen Lee at what was this the the twelve oh six? Yes, the twelve oh six pick. Uh, I really like that because uh, okay, Demarco Murray had an insanely heavy workload last year. Yep. Okay, and I feel like oh, that means bulky must like Matthews because he's going to step in when Murray gets hurt. Well, yeah, but the real reason I like him is I think Chip Kelly. Wanted to pay both those guys significant amounts of money because he wants to use them both. And in this format, Matthews could just have like one of those like twelve carry for eighty yards and two touchdown games out of nowhere, where you know a week you'd never start him. And then he has it here, and you're only paying a twelfth round pick uh, to get him. I think that's a really, really good selection by Stephen Lee.
2: Yeah, I mean, you get optimized scoring, and you're right. I mean, Matthews has always been a speedster too, so he's a guy that can break a break a sixty yard touchdown. And now he's your starter. That's great.
1: Uh, as 902 12th uh, in the chat room, as 902 says 12 seems like great value for clay, clay going one pick after Ryan Matthews. Again, I'm, I'm sort of off bills. It's, it's very tough for me to get excited about a Buffalo bill this year. Harvin Watkins, McCoy, whatever. Um, he likes clay in the 12th. And in if this follow, form,
2: if you follow the money, I mean, Charles Clay got paid a ton, got a ton, of, ton of cash. Yeah. So it's like, you follow the money. They're going to have to use him. Uh, whoever's throwing the ball to him.
1: So, doesn't it make sense, though, that, and this is sort of goes against what I just said, but doesn't it make sense that you have guys like Watkins and Harvin that whoever the quarterback is would sort of zero in on Clay because he'll be running, you know, underneath routes that you should be able to dump to him?
2: Yeah. A, a sucky quarterback will throw you Right. That's yeah, my yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. You're guaranteed of that. Right. Yeah. That,
1: okay. I think I'm flipping. <laughs> I, I think I like Clay in the 12th round now. Um, the other picks there, I don't. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say there. We can move on to the 13th Marvin Jones, Buck Allen, Terrence Williams, and Teddy Bridgewater to pro football focus, Cody ladder and Brian quick. I kind of like that pick too. AJ Bissett at the uh, 1306 Jason Morrow, Dante Moncrief, Jared cook, Sam Bradford, boom Heron, And the defense first defense is off the board. In Seattle to David Dory, and then he takes Buffalo with his next
2: pick. Dory, well. Dory likes to stack. He, you know, see, so he go CJ Anderson Forte. Then he right. takes two running backs, two receivers, two tight ends. Yeah. Then he does, you know, he actually mixes it up. Then he takes two quarterbacks, two more running backs, and two defenses. It makes me, what's, what's
1: his deal? Makes me hungry for like some sort of Lucky Charms burger <laughs> looking at that. He's two double gum. gum. Yeah. 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 Double mint gum. Um, so you look at that at the 12th round. I, I like the Brian Quick pick because. You know, we saw what he did last year with, you know, not a very good offense. And if he's recovered from that, even if he's not recovered from the shoulder surgery uh, that he had 13th round, man. I mean, give me that upside there. Uh, I I like that. And I also kind of like the Cody Latimer pick, which obviously you're going to poop all over as uh, you did earlier in the show. Yeah, Cody Latimer (laughs) going uh, to, uh, let's see, that was the 13.05. So that was Keith Douglas. Let's go back to Sigmund Bloom a
2: little bit here. Again, um, he takes Moncrief, then comes back with Dorsett. So he keeps on adding to that Colts offense. I mean, 13th and 14th round. And again, you don't have to worry about if these guys are going to play, if they're going to start. Dorsett actually is another player that actually had some of that mini camp news that he's looked good right away. And yet he hasn't really moved up that much.
1: We have uh, two guys in this draft, two that I know of. And, and I'm sure Mike Clay and Rich Rebar uh, were, were definitely involved in a lot of DEs. But I know A.J. Bissett from Rotoviz and Sigmund Bloom uh, both did a ton of DEs uh, in preparation for this. Not that they're preparing for this, just in general. Yeah, they're going to do it. But they, they've had a lot of experience in this. And and I, I think that um, if I was to draft in this format, I think my team – Ultimately, even though Sigmund said like, look, my strategy kind of got blown up. I think my team would kind of look a lot like his. I don't know if I would have taken those three tight ends there. Like I wish looking back on it, I, I, I'd be glad I did. But when I'm on the clock, I don't think I would have done it, you know, and then regretted not doing it. But I think that getting those three tight ends, given how um, fast the other ones got soaked up and now you're just pounding receivers here. You only have to count on two of them every week. To, uh, to start for you. So I really like that as well. We'll get into that a little bit uh, in a little bit. Houston defense off the board, Dave, in the 14th round, uh, he goes to uh, A.J. Bissett. Uh, three quarter, excuse me, four quarterbacks go in the 14th. Dalton, Cutler, Palmer, Flacco. What's your favorite one of those quarterbacks?
2: Um, Probably Cutler. That's the incorrect answer. Um. You know, you know what? Maybe it's Flacco because Flacco's going to That's aired, also incorrect. Air it up a lot. You don't like Palmer? Eh, he's – no, not really. Floyd, Fitz.
1: Palmer. Roy Green. <laughs> <laughs> Troy Necklace. Whoever else is catching I passes in Arizona. I, just, I, I don't know, man. I Like, I I think –
2: They play a lot of pretty good defenses. I just don't feel like Palmer's going to stay healthy.
1: I think my John Brown love is bleeding over into uh, Carson Palmer. about yeah, it's, it's headed so. upstream. No, I I can get behind Cutler as well. Um Flacco, you know, the thing is with him is you got two rookies that are major cogs in that passing offense and then an aging Steve Smith. So it's like,
2: that's, just, that's a problem for sure.
1: You know, but it's good news for Forsett because Forsett should catch a ton of passes. Well,
2: Trustman's Trustman's Still going to fling it all around. Right. He, he can't help himself.
1: That's true. Uh, bunches of funches also going in the 14th round along with Marquise Lee. We see Philip Dorsett and Percy Harvin off the board. They're only one tight end in Rob Hausler. I don't. You know, we're getting to the the point in the draft where I can't, you know, I can't really speak about, oh my God, what what an insane selection. I mean, Percy Harvard in the 14th, just from a pure talent standpoint, I think that that's, that's good, but I don't know. I'm just not excited about Bills, which which I've already said. Anybody else in the 14th round? We can move on to the 15th.
2: Here. You can keep going.
1: Okay. 15th round, DGB is the first pick. Um, We talked about uh, Justin Hunter and his – you know, future legal troubles that he might have on the horizon, <laughs> driving up DGB's price point. And I can't remember really seeing him uh, as high as the 15th, you know, um, that's not to say he hasn't been going there. Just, I, I wonder how much of that was fueled by, by the Hunter uh, news, Stevie Johnson, which I like Marcus Wheaton. I like that pick too. Richard Rogers, Scott Chandler uh, go. And then Dwayne Bow, the number one receiver, Quote unquote receiver, <laughs> quote unquote number one slow. for uh, Cleveland going in uh, the 15th round to Roto Visits AJ Bissett, Robert Griffin, James Winston, uh, Jameis Winston, and then James White after that. We talked a little bit about him on last night's show. I, I like that. And then Nick Toon, Marcus Mariota, and Michael Crabtree, who I am willing to trade for literally anything in my <laughs> dynasty league right now. He's a giveaway, huh? He's a giveaway. He yeah, might be it. cut. I mean, honestly, we got to cut down rosters. Crabtree might not make it. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's, at least
2: at least uh, Dory took two receivers, though.
1: It's <laughs> just the lucky charm stack. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about um, teams now, Dave. Uh, sort of what they did tonight, sure. what we like, what we don't like. We started at the twelve last night. Do you want to start at the twelve again tonight? Sure, why not? Okay, we'll start with David Dory got from a defense the huddle. I'm going to,
2: by the way. If you're noticing, well, actually, you're no, not noticing. I don't notice stop because darn it, I'm spoiling it. You know, I wish. All right, who, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. Looking.
1: Who owns YouTube? Google. <laughs> when is Google gonna like get it together and start putting out a, a decent product of where we can get?
2: <laughs> I just need to speed it up. This
1: is ridiculous.
2: Sorry.
1: Anyway, if you're watching on youtube.com/slash/highstakesfantasyfootball, get ready. Get ready for some defenses because they're popping up. Well, they're going quick too. Yeah. Okay, so David Dore, um, the running back, CJ Anderson, Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, Monte Ball, Jay Ajayi, the receivers, Kelvin Benjamin, Keenan Allen, Michael Floyd, Michael Crabtree, Doug Baldwin, the tight ends, Martellus Bennett, Jordan Crawford, the quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Eli Manning, Dave, this squad, David Dory, first year doing the pros versus Joes. How do you think he did?
2: I think he did all right. I mean, you know, Dory's obviously a fantastic, you know, he, he knows his stuff. Uh, C.J. Anderson, Forte are great picks. Uh, Bennett and Cameron, I like that. Uh, Newton and Manning, that's fine. I, I guess my only qualms are with the receivers. I just, I can't get too excited about his receiver squad. Uh, Benjamin and Keenan Allen, they're not like WR1 types. And then you have Michael Floyd, Crabtree Baldwin. Just seems to me a little bit on the weak side. And I would say his running back depth also, again, I have a little bit of, I wonder where that third running back is going to really emerge and who's going to really do anything there. I mean, he needs either Ivory Ball or Ajayi to do something to to, uh, to have that third running back emerge.
1: You know, and the other thing that uh, you didn't bring up, but he's only got two tight ends on his roster as we move into the 16th round here. Martellus Bennett, uh, a year without Trestman. So that remains to be seen what's going to happen there. And then Jordan Cameron, never really uh, a healthy guy the last couple of years. So he could run into some problems there. Uh, Moving on, Darren Fesich, uh, the running backs, C.J. Spiller, Giovanni Bernard, Amir Abdullah, Joyke Bell and Dan Heron. The receivers, Des Bryant, Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, Charles Johnson, Kevin White, and the tight ends, Owen Daniels, Vernon Davis, quarterbacks, Matt Stafford, Joe Flacco, Marcus Mariota. Dave, your initial thoughts on the, let's see, what do I want to bring up? Let's talk about the tight ends first, Daniels and Davis. (laughs) probably the weak spot
2: yeah d- definitely the weak spot of the team and it's because he's stacked uh with running backs and receivers through the first nine rounds uh, if daniels hits i mean on that offense he really could be in good shape vernon Ver- davis
1: could have a bounce back year too
2: man I, mean, I just i have i have like no words for vernon davis I, it, it's just inexplicable to me what happened with him or what's become <laughs> of him i don't get it i mean he's just has the david so,
1: duvall of tight ends he's just so
2: bad i don't know I, I don't know what happened yeah but, yeah, I mean that's that's an area that he's a little weak, and I think that you know he probably could have kept going on tight ends a little bit, or maybe grabbed him a little bit sooner, uh, and 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 maybe been a little bit stronger there. Having said that, I mean you look at his running backs; they're fantastic. It really took some guts for him to take Charles Johnson and pass on Joey Bell at the seven eleven. Yeah, you know what I mean. He had yeah. a doula, and he had to be realizing that Joey Bell was a value coming all the way back to him. He passes on him, Dory passes on him, then he gets him in the eight oh two. I love his running backs. I love how he got running backs after hitting those three great receivers early on. Uh, I do like his team overall. And I love that he waited so long on quarterbacks and and he's totally fine.
1: Yeah. The chat room was loving up uh, Darren Fesich's team as well. And I got to tell you, if you're going to wait until the fourth round in this format to take your first running back, I think the blueprint is there on, on how to execute it. Spiller, Bernard, Abdullah, Bell. very, 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 very well done.
2: I mean, I guess if I was going to trade any one of his picks, I would have probably get get rid of Kevin White for more of a steady Eddie veteran type guy because your top three receivers are so awesome. I mean, just throw Bolin in there or Steve, throw Steve Smith, Smith in there, yeah. and it's like you're fine. Kevin White, Kevin White. I mean, he has some upside, but he, again, he's he's in the he's not done well early on.
1: Well, in Darren's defense, I will say that White could be the home run hitting big play type guy that you like to have in this format, but But
2: even emerging in the ninth round or in a ninth game of the season, possibly, or something like that.
1: Rich Rebar from XN Sports and the fake football drafted from the 10 spot tonight. His running backs are Arian Foster, Latavius Murray, Doug Martin, Legarrett Blount, Isaiah Crowell. The receivers are Calvin Johnson, Emmanuel Sanders, Jordan Matthews, Deshaun Jackson, Kendall Wright, and Nick Toon. Tight ends, Antonio Gates, Rob Housler, and Big Ben Roethlisberger and Sam Bradford are his quarterbacks. Dave, my thoughts here, really love the running backs. Uh, I, I I see no real holes in the wide receivers at all. Uh, I already talked about my love for the Ben Roethlisberger pick. Um, I'm nervous about the tight ends, though. And, and, and in this format, when you're weak at tight end, I always tend to raise up a, a red flag a little bit higher than I normally would. Gates and Housler is what he has right now.
2: Yeah, I feel like it, in if, if, if he were to redo this, I would think maybe he would even consider doing this. But between rounds six and nine, he took four straight running backs. If he could have popped in, you know, I like the Murray and Doug Martin picks. I thought those were values. But if he had, could have popped in a tight end before those three one, you know, he had Kyle Rudolph, Tyler Eifert, and Heath Miller, and then Larry Dinell coming back around the ninth. If he could have grabbed one of those tight ends, I think he would have probably been a little bit happier than taking um, LeGarrette Blunt. Again, nothing wrong with garrett Blunt, but I mean – it would have helped him a lot
1: and nothing wrong with this team as I still like it. Yeah, me too. You yeah. Know. I do. Uh, and this is, I believe this is rich rebar's first pros versus Joe's draft as well. So I think he did a very good job uh, mm-hmm. as David Dory did. Moving on to FFPC, Joe, Albert Chapman at the nine pick DeMarco Murray, Devonte Freeman, Darren Sproles, Darren McFadden, James white, Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman, Roddy white, golden Tate, Larry Fitzgerald, Percy Harvin, the tight ends: Greg Olson, Jared Cook, Drew Brees, and Phillip Rivers at the quarterbacks weren't wasn't uh, Rivers. He took the spot of Drew Brees in San Diego. Didn't didn't San yeah, Diego yeah, trade Brees yeah, to yes. New Orleans? So
2: you're asking. Me this we'll question. have to
1: see if there's any uh, friction between those two quarterbacks <laughs> this year on on this team. Uh, your thoughts on uh, Albert Chapman's
2: team, Dave? I, th- I mean, I think that he got the absolute best value of the kind of just of the running backs out of you know once you get beyond the first five or six rounds. Freeman, Sproles and McFadden, I mean, tremendous selections, every one of them were fantastic. So I think that's great. And you know, he had those, he took five receivers in the first seven rounds and he really should have paid a penalty for it, but he really didn't. So he really, I thought getting Freeman, who is right now the starter there, Sproles who's going to, he's definitely still going to get all those catches and McFadden, who knows? I mean, at that spot, that's so late.
1: Well, I think that if you're gonna, you know, pick at nits here, the penalty is probably the backup tight end that he he sure. was he he scooped up those three running backs and then missed out on those other tight ends. So now he has Jared Cook backing up Greg Olson.
2: Yeah, he needs Olson to play up, to play as well as he has in the past and not get hurt. Uh,
1: other than that, I really like that team as well. It's again in the same way Rich Rebar's team hinges on the tight ends. I think that uh, Albert Chapman's is going to hinge on his tight ends as well. Uh, Sigmund Bloom, footballguys.com, Marshawn Lynch, Frank Gore, Lamar Miller uh, are the running backs. Receivers. (laughs) You you were looking down to find the rest I was like, oh, there's there's, there's no more. more. He's (laughs) only got three right now, but they are three uh, studly type guys. Um, Jordy Nelson, John Brown, Brashad Perriman, Ruben Randall, Devontae Parker, Dante Moncrief, Philip Dorsett, and Malcolm Floyd, Zach Ertz, Dwayne Allen, Kyle Rudolph then, of course, Russell Wilson and Jameis Winston. Boy, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum there between uh, Wilson and uh, and Winston. So this team – it
2: What, you mean squeaky clean and yeah.
1: criminal? And, <laughs> I never said criminal. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. Squeaky clean and less squeaky clean. <laughs> All right. So uh,
2: Russell Wilson never stole crab legs. Wilson, of course, graduated from a fine, upstanding university here in the state of university Wisconsin. University of Wisconsin, yeah. And uh, Winston went to Florida State.
1: Yeah equally great schools (laughs) uh i can't remember whose team it was last night but i said this is the type of team you look at and you're kind of like uh how is this team going to be successful but then once the games are being played uh you see this team racking up points sigmund bloom's team last year you heard rob Vieira talk about it it was a solid third ahead of everybody else except for the top two teams he knows what he's doing and i think this is the type of team it's not going to look that great until you see the points pile up. And I think this team will pile up points.
2: You look at his receivers and you're like, oh, he's just got Jordy. And then you look at the rest of them and they're all like, eh, whatever. But then every week, one of those guys is going to have a big, huge performance. I'm actually, I really like that he only has, you know, it's weird that I will say this, but I like that he only has three running backs. I mean, with Lynch, Gore, and Miller, as long as Miller keeps that job, I think he's totally fine there. And a lot of times I I think when when you're spending that much draft capital early in running back, at that point, you have to overcompensate and go the other direction. And I think he did that, but not in a bad way. I think he did fine.
1: I'm going to uh, ask you to be a lamb here a little bit. No, not no. Should I do it? Yeah, should I? Uh, gotta do do it. The scroll down? Okay. Yeah. Can you, um, uh, so uh, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just talk about Stephen Lee's team and I'm going to move this draft board down. Cause these guys are such great drafters that we're, we already got to move the board down. I'm surprised the chat room isn't like scroll down. Scroll. We got to see the board. Okay. <laughs> so you, asleep. you talk while I do that.
2: All right. So we're looking at Stephen Lee's team here. Uh took Eddie Lacy in the first round. I'm going to move over to Balky's position. Eddie Lacy has got LaShawn McCoy. Then he took Jonathan Stewart in the fourth. Ryan Matthews, who uh, Balky was fawning all over that pick. James Starks, the backup uh, running back for the Packers. And Terrence West, the forgotten man, uh, in the Cleveland Brown backfield. Then you have Andre Johnson at receiver, Jeremy Macklin, Kenny Stills, Steve the icon Smith, and Kenny not the icon Brit at his uh, wide receiver position. And then i I really like that Kenny Britt's new nickname, not the icon <laughs> I, so he takes then he takes Julius Thomas and then he you know it's like he's playing the game of Monopoly over here on sophomore tight ends. He takes Austin Safarian Jenkins, Eric Ebron, and Jason Morrow. He gets all of them. One of those guys has to break out, right Paul yeah, I would think it, for sure
1: I, and, then, it, and then matt ryan r g three right and uh, I don't even know why I bring up the quarterbacks because i I just i and he also it's has so two tough quarterbacks. to screw that up, yeah quarterbacks two of them (laughs) yes so you're i mean looking at this team you get the stud running backs early you get those um you know kenny stills and steve smith isn't really like the um sort of um run of the mill mid receiver in this draft because he's more of a consistent guy normally you're hitting you're trying to hit home runs uh in in the middle there but he gets those four receivers uh plus kenny Britt. i mean you probably have to add a few more than you normally would given he's only got Uh, four in the first 10 rounds. Um, But Lacey McCoy, Jonathan Stewart, if I'm wrong about McCoy, and Lord knows I've been wrong a ton about uh, Bill's players over the years. So he could really hit a home run there. Julius Thomas, again, we said this last night, if he gets like 80 to 85% of the red zone uh, catches that he was last year, those touchdowns, Ah, uh, he could be a very good player and and a great value. Uh, he went in the seventh round last night. He goes in the sixth round tonight.
2: Jacksonville yes, does have to get in the red zone, though.
1: Yeah, and you have ASJ, Ebron, and Amaro. I mean, all three of those guys, uh, like you said, one of them should break out. Maybe more than one breakout. So again, I I I'm not a I, I'm not a huge fan of the construction. I'm not a huge fan of the, a lot of the players. Uh, or no, I shouldn't say a lot of the players. I'm not not a huge fan of some of the players. But I think that this team could. I mean, the blueprint for success is, is pretty evident here.
2: Yeah i'm really not a huge fan of his receivers uh and one of the issues i kind of have is receivers when they switch teams usually you know do fantastically well well andre johnson switched teams jeremy Macklin switched teams kenny stills who's technically is number three also switched teams so he's gonna have to get production and kind of beat the odds with all three of those players they're in fine situations but to me that's that's a little bit of a weak spot
1: moving on to uh, aj Bassett's team jeremy hill mark ingram carlos hyde rashad jennings are the running backs Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Torrey Smith, Brandon LaFell, Anquan Bolden, Brian Quick, Dwayne Bowe at the receivers, Tyler Eifert and Charles Clay are the tight ends, Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith at quarterback. So I got to tell you, Dave, I love the receivers on this squad. I think I, the, I too, the running backs are very strong. Um, again, Eifert and Clay, you need, a, you need a breakout from Eifert, and you need Clay to kind of make that money in Buffalo <laughs> that, that he's being paid. But, uh, you know, uh, the opportunity is there for him to do it. And I'm not worried about the quarterbacks because he's probably going to add one more, uh, at least one more, and you get Kaepernick, Alex Smith, and whoever. And that should be good uh, for the season. I mean, you're going to get one of those guys to, to have a good performance. So I think this is another good team here. So he owns, just, to,
2: just so we're clear, he owns Kaepernick, right? Correct. He owns Carlos Hyde. Correct. He owns Torrey Smith. Yes. And Anquan Bolden. He owns the entire 49ers offense with the exception of, Vernon, where did you go, Davis? Okay, but I will say this in his defense. I'm not ripping on him. I'm just saying he obviously believes in the Niners' right. offense. We've we've maybe you know, ripped on it, maybe, but maybe
1: it's good. Maybe and maybe more so than the, believing in the Niners' offense, he's believing in value. Because look at where he got these guys. He didn't take Carlos Hyde until the fifth round. He didn't take Torrey Smith until the seventh. He gets Colin Kaepernick in the eleventh. He gets um, Bolin in the tenth. Bowlin in the tenth, which yeah. is about right. But I think that. You know, the other drafts I've commissioned, those guys have all been higher than those picks. So there's something to be said for that for that value, too. Uh, So I like that team. Uh, Moving on to Keith Douglas's team at five. He uh, kicks things off with Antonio Brown. Actually, let's just position by position. I don't know why I'm switching it up all of a sudden. Melvin Gordon, Alfred Morris, Tevin Coleman, Danny Woodhead, David Cobb, Fred Jackson. Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Brandon Marshall, Pierre Garcon, Cody Latimer, Josh Huff, and Eddie Royal are there receivers. Heath Miller, Larry Donnell, Scott Chandler are the tight ends. Peyton Manning and Carson Palmer are the signal callers. Dave, uh, you know, looking at this squad, obviously, I think he wish he would have waited maybe a little bit longer on Tevin Coleman, given where Devontae Freeman went. Um, and the tight ends, to me, don't scream. Um,
2: they're boring. No yeah, they are, yeah. They're just not that exciting.
1: Yeah, they're not that exciting. And they, they you know, you don't get points for excitement, so they, they could end up uh, being very good. Uh, Brown, AJ Green, Brandon Marshall, uh, and Pierre Garçon as the four four receivers. I think that that's solid. So this is a very workmanlike team here.
2: Yeah, I mean Antonio Brown, AJ Green, Marshall. I thought Marshall was a pretty good value in the mid fifth fifth there. Actually you get a proven player even on a team like the Jets. Uh, you know, he's got to have Gordon Produce. He's got to have Tevin Coleman produce, and those are two rookies. So you're really counting on rookie players to really to really lead your team at running back.
1: Moving on to uh, Mike Clay's squad at the four spot. Le'Veon Bell, Andre Ellington, Duke Johnson, Bishop Sankey, Jarek McKinnon, Andre Williams.
2: I love those running backs.
1: A lot lot of Dave Gerzak guys there. Um, Randall Cobb, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Eric Decker are the receivers. Tight end Jason Witten, Ladarius Green, Richard Rogers, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater, Jay Cutler. Maybe my favorite quarterback uh, core. Uh, of the uh, of the entire draft uh, I really like those I think uh, at running back um you need uh you need Duke Johnson to to really hit that 8th round value there uh and Ellington uh in the 4th round I think is is going to be um you know fine uh, Le'Veon Bell obviously at the 104 if he comes back and does what he did last year that's a steal um, and then the receivers Cobb, Evans, Cooper, Watkins, Decker you know, I'm not a big Watkins guy, but the upside and the amount of catches that he has with those guys really, really good.
2: Yeah, I like this team a lot. Actually, I mean Watkins, you know, you've kind of dogged on him, but I mean, he had a lot of, you know, for rookie wide receiver, he had a lot of yards in production. He just wasn't Odell Beckham.
1: 130 targets, I believe he had yeah, last he had year. Yeah, a
2: ton of targets. Yeah. And he had. He was kind of dinged up with injuries in a few games too. Mm-hmm. So he's had. He had games where he had, I think, a hundred yard half actually. So Watkins is a really talented player. I, I actually I like his tight ends. I think Witten and Ladarius Green, those are both good values. And in an FFPC, if you can actually get some sort of value anywhere, even at tight end, I mean, I, at the tight end position, it's so tough to do. So I thought he did well there. I, I like his team a lot.
1: Moving on to Joe Doug Moe, Jamal Charles, Justin Forsett, Joseph Randall, Niall Davis, Lorenzo Talifero. Uh, the receivers, Martavis Bryant, Marcus Colston, Devontae Adams, Terrence Williams, Marquise Lee, Marcus Wheaton. Tight ends, Josh Hill, Delaney Walker quarterbacks, Andrew Luck, Tony Romo. Um, Oh, uh, did I say tight ends? Josh Hill, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed.
2: Oh yeah. I think I
1: did. Okay. So anyway, not a huge fan of this squad. I really like the top three running backs. Um, You know, again, Martavis Bryant should have those big time weeks where he's going to start for him. Devontae Adams should have a few of those as well. Terrence Williams, you know, the amount of touchdowns he had per reception last year were very, very good. Um, and then he gets Marcus Wheaton. I don't know if that was Bryant insurance or, you know, just trying to get a piece of that Steelers passing attack, which I think is going to be very lethal. I'm not a huge fan of either of those, uh, any of those tight ends, really Hill Walker, Jordan Reed. Um, and I, the quarterbacks are obviously fantastic in luck and Romo, but I don't know, just leaves a little bit to be desired on the squad.
2: Yeah, I mean, the problem really, it, it all starts with Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck, everyone loves him and he's a great player and everything, but you take him in the second round and it really pushes all of your running backs and receivers further down your board. I mean, don't forget Jamal Charles. Obviously, he's great. Charles Forsett, Randall are fantastic, but the receivers ended up being weak because of Luck, because of Josh Allen, because of Delaney Walker.
1: I ah, have a great point there. And we move on to the final pro of the evening, Nelson Sousa from Scout Pro. That was, uh, Went Adrian, he went Adrian Peterson, Shane Vereen, David Johnson, Reggie Bush, Charles Sims, Buck Allen as the running backs. The receivers, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Mike Wallace, Victor Cruz, Devin Funches, Stevie Johnson, Jalen Strong. Tight ends, Jimmy Graham, Travis Kelsey, Virgil Green, and the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Blake Bortles. I'm fine with the quarterbacks. Tight ends are studly. Uh, running backs are... They thin out quicker than I normally would be comfortable with. And then, you know, you get the upside of these young up-and-comers and Allen Robinson and Jarvis Landry. Uh, Mike Wallace, Victor Cruz, Who, if he can come back and and be the player or at least close to the player he was, that's a great 10th-round pick. And then you get your boy, Funchess, and a guy I like in Stevie Johnson. So I think the receivers are solid, if not above average there.
2: I can't say the receivers are above average because with Allen Robinson, who's not even emerged as a true—he's never had a great season. He could break out this year as your number one. That's a bit of a problem. Uh, I do think that because he has Rogers, because he has Jimmy Graham, and because he has Adrian Peterson, those three players. And granted, he takes Peterson number two, so whatever. Um, those are some huge, like baseline monster score week type guys. So if you if you get these like 25 and 30 point weeks out of those guys. And any of these other dudes emerge. I mean, if you get Charles Sims to emerge somehow, if Funch is as good as a rookie, Victor Cruz is back, David Johnson does something, this team could actually be really dangerous. It could also totally suck. (laughs) Uh,
1: Sports betting man uh, saying in the the, uh, chat room, team two is strong. That's Nelson's team that we just talked about. Final team we're going to talk about tonight. Team number one, FFPC Joe Robert Finkel. Todd Gurley, TJ Yeldon, Trey Mason, Roy Hulu, D'Angelo Williams, Matt Jones at running back. The receivers are T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, Vincent Jackson, Nelson Aguilar, Marvin Jones, Green Beckham, and Muhammad Sanu. And the tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, Kobe Fleener, Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton. Snapping the ball there, Dave. Uh, okay, so I'm not, I mean, quarterback's fine. Uh, tight ends. He also got Max Williams. I don't know if I said Max Williams. Gronk is is the man there, and I'm, I'm not a huge fan of the other two guys. Uh, the receivers I think are fine, and and I think the the running backs present a an intriguing level of upside.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But yeah, he doesn't have a lot of depth at uh, running back, even at receiver, he doesn't have a ton of depth necessarily. But, you know, you have Gronk, and he, and he waited on uh, quarterbacks, so I think he was able to you know to snag a lot of running backs and receivers in the early part of his draft. I think his team is fine. Yeah, the, I mean,
1: you know, obviously Trey Mason is going to be playing a big role on this team the first part of the season if Todd Gurley is popped, uh, or even if he's not, he's probably going to be brought along. Slowly. I like the Helu pick in the ninth. I think he catches a lot of passes this year. I think when Gurley is, you know, getting ready for the pounding in the early part of the season, D'Angelo Williams should be able to pick up the slack with Le'Veon Bell out, so I like that pick. And Matt Jones in the 17th round, man, I you know, uh, a guy who could emerge as a significant contributor in that Washington offense, and you're not paying a lot to get him. I like that pick as well.
2: I do too. It would have been nice. I mean, uh, Denar Robinson went in the 20th round. It would have been nice for him to get Denard Robinson somewhere to go with Yeldon because it just, right. it, it just would have helped his team because he's not deep at RB3. It would have been nice to, to lock up the two, his RB1 and RB2, and get the handcuffs.
1: Dave, uh, with less than three minutes to go. We uh, can officially put this show to bed. We got two of these in the books, man. How are you feeling?
2: You know, I'm feeling all right. I'm not. I'm not totally wanting to kill myself. We're, yeah, that one that one year when we had six in a row. That sucks. I don't know how that those guys awful. do it.
1: Oh God! Remember that last show? I don't even think I was speaking English. <laughs> so we're we're uh, we're going to do another show tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's going to be our final one this week, and then we'll come back with three more again Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. We're on one hour later tomorrow. This is going to be the dump truck league. Nice. remember Najee Davenport? <laughs> The closet defecator. That's what it is. The dump truck. Yeah. So that league is going to go off at 10 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We will be with you until midnight Eastern broadcasting the first two rounds. Interesting crew we have lined up tomorrow. Uh, Bob Lung from FFConsistency.com. Davis Ronnie, former guest of the show, drafting in the two spot. Jay Myers from Dynasty Football Warehouse, another former guest of the show. Jorge Rios is going to be in tomorrow's draft at the four. John Paulson from FourForFour.com, of course, picking. From the five spot, Chris Hammond uh, is going to be in the six. Darren Armani, uh, hopefully, we'll hear from him tomorrow. He's picking from the seven spot. George Sabins, FFPC Joe, at eight. We saw Shane Hall, and scouting everything out in the draft in the chat room tonight. He's picking at nine tomorrow. <laughs> he's cheating. Another former uh, guest of the show, Dan Hendrickson, picking at ten. Chris Prince, beer maker's fan. You probably know him as he's picking at eleven, and then James Dugan, the twelfth. Uh, FFPC, uh, picking him from the 12 spot as an FFPC joke tomorrow. Uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, four hours to square those balances. Get your early <laughs> draft spot by next Monday. Take advantage, people. Uh, it's, I really recommend that you do that. I also, uh, want to, uh, thank uh, Rob Vera uh, for calling in. I want to thank Sigmund Bloom for calling in. So you can follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom. Check out his work at footballguys.com. I want to also thank Hyundai, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce. I want to thank Dave Gerzak. And of course, most of all, all of our listeners. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to do it again tomorrow, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Your Tuesday officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.